Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right. Looks like I got here first. If you guys can't tell, I've been excited to talk about these trades. Bobby Manning here. We're about to get underway with our post-overtime garden report here. I don't know what we're going to call in the offseason, but we're here. Sherrod is here now. John What's going on, fellas? Once he finds his phone. It's just me and you and Bobby. Yep, just up oh, there's John. I'm here. Jay-Z's there. What's up, guys? All right. What's up? Let's do this. Uh, so everyone's everyone's hanging in. Um, I, I've got host control, so we're going to start bringing the speakers in. Uh, guys, we're going to do you know forty five minutes to an hour. I promise that's it. So get your get your stuff in, get in, get out. We want to hear from as many of you guys as possible. By all means, uh, guys, if you haven't already, tweet this out to your followers and then send it out to your locker room followers as well. Um, let everybody know that we're here. It's kind of a random one off. Um, you know night where people you know don't know that we're here you know gonna necessarily be here um so we do want to try to get the word out and get as many of you guys as many of the regulars in here as possible who want to chat with us we were talking about kemba walker you guys want to stay on that um stay on that path you absolutely can you want to move the conversation somewhere else by all means i'm going to start by welcoming in art what's up art uh how's it going guys yeah so no what's up I didn't love uh, any of those uh, Kemba trade scenarios, but, um, you know, I think, in my opinion, I mean, I know you guys kind of shut me down the last time I was on here and I said this, but I think we got to we gotta try and get Thompson out of here, and I think we got to try and move smart because I think that's our best value right now that we want to move. Um, I wouldn't move JB for either Cat or Beal, but I might think about it if it came to Dame. Uh, how do you guys? How do you guys feel about something like that? Love Dame, love him. Uh, that would be. I mean, I, I think that that I probably would do it. I probably do it if if I'm getting Dame back. Yeah. So Sherrod, you know he's making. I couldn't believe this the other day. He's going to be making fifty million at one point in this deal. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Whew, you think about Kemba's 36, that uh, that pales in comparison when you get to that point. And he's a little bit older, too. I mean, we were kicking around Brown stuff earlier in the day. I'm just not all that interested in moving Brown at this point. I've seen too much growth. I've seen too much upside. I, I, I love him almost as much as Tatum. I think he can be as good as Tatum at, like, at his peak. I just keep seeing strides from him. So to trade for some of these guys in their 30s, I don't think it's as – a smash hit as I would be, although I like Lillard a lot more than the Cat and Beal idea. I just, I just think with, with Dame, uh, if you made a, a move for him, I think you're sending a message to everyone that you're trying your window to compete at the highest level. You're, you're not looking long-term. You're looking to get something. You're looking for a deep playoff run right now, uh, and you need a close. 
And that is the one thing that we can all agree, Dame, that is exactly who Dame is. He's one of the best closers in the game. Uh, but when you look at the guys that he's played with, that he's been surrounded by, he would definitely be coming to Boston and, and be on a team with significantly more talent than he's accustomed to playing with. And you just wonder how will he fare with better pieces surrounding him versus in Portland where the talent, while not bad, it's not good enough to, to really take him to that next level. Well, here's here's the problem. If Portland's going to move on from Damian Lillard, they're going to be asking for seven first. They're going to be trying to oh, yeah, right, kick him out. Gone. Get him, kick him out. out. He's out. Bobby's he, gone. He did that on purpose. Kick him out. He did. He knows he did, and I know he's smiling right now, and I can't he see him. He was trying to Because we're on the freaking phone. Look at him. He ran and muted himself. <laughs> coward. He's a coward. <laughs> um, what's up, everybody? Hey, just what's so everybody on? knows, the stats are off here. There's well over 100 of you guys in here, as you can obviously see if you scroll down. Um, and the room is growing, but for some reason it's saying there's only 30. That's ridiculous. Uh, there's a lot of you guys in here, so we want to hear from as many of you as possible. Do me a favor. When we put you up on the stage, just mute your microphone, um, and we will get to you as soon as possible. Art, I wanted to follow up. I don't remember ever shouting you down over getting rid of Tristan. I would say getting rid of Tristan I think is something that uh, most of us agree would have been uh, something that they, you know, definitely wanted to try and do and in fact we were hoping when they were shuffling bigs around at the deadline tristan would have been the one to go not tice so if they the, the now you've got tristan on an expiring right now he's a good salary matcher in a deal because the teams will take on a year of him knowing that it's expiring so he actually could be traded this offseason it's not beyond the realm of possibility if you are moving pieces around and you need to match salary so i don't think it's i don't think it's i don't think it's ludicrous that he goes. What was the what was the original question? What he was just saying from? he wanted to try to get rid of Thompson. He said it was important. No, but what was okay? What was the original Dame question? He I wanted came to move in the Brown. He wanted to move Brown for Dame, which I don't oh, know. Okay. Maybe they. Right. Could. Yeah, I was asking if that was a possibility. But also, uh, before I go, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on the coaching search. Uh, Jimmy oh, hasn't gotten a chance to talk about any of this situation. So do you want to you want to go for? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. I have I have a lot of different thoughts, but I'll st- I'll say that the whole thing to me is banana land. It's preposterous. I think it's embarrassing, borderline. I thought the whole press conference was kind of embarrassing to the organization to have them all up there, and they almost kind of remind. I know there was four guys up there, but it was remind me of like the Three Stooges. Really, I mean, you had an opportunity to to have, you know, if if Wick wanted to open up the wallet, he could have a really, really good GM that is an actual GM. And you could have a really, really good coach if you believe Brad Stevens is a really, really good coach, which many people do. And many people believe that he's going to become a coach again in the very near future. You could have both those things. Instead, as of right now, you have neither. You don't have any coach. And you have a quasi-GM that's like not really a GM. It's like, what are we, in the words of John Zanis, what are we doing here? Like th- this, this organization is highly regarded in the history of basketball as one of the best ever. And, and now it's, I feel like they're borderline laughing stock, whether it's because they, because of how this off season has already started, whether it's, you know, the fans uh, or, you know, all of a sudden the cities, this like problem city, all of a sudden, like every time we hear Boston and the Celtics, it's a negative thing. So 
I'm pretty down on this team right now and everything that's gone on. I think it's a joke that they don't have a real GM with, you know, two of the best young players in the NBA. This is the state of the organization right now. I don't know what Wick's doing or thinking. I don't know if he just didn't want to get rid money, of Brad. Brad. Exactly. He didn't want to get rid of Brad Stevens because that's just, you know, a hole in his pocket. He has to pay him out or whatever that is. So he's going to say, you know what, Brad? I'll find some odd jobs for you to do around the organization. We'll give you this job title and you have to stick around until you, you know, decide that you want to leave and then I get to keep all my money and then you can go elsewhere or until we can trade you, whatever happens first. And then in the meantime, we'll look for a coach. As we said all season, we are entertaining the idea of a new coach and we were shot down repeatedly by, I'm sure, a few people in here as well as a lot of people on YouTube. It just goes to show that it wasn't a ridiculous notion that not only were we considering it, but the Celtics themselves had been considering it all season long. That's the other thing, is how long did this go? How long was this known between Stevens, Ainge, and everybody else? I think it was known for a while. I don't think that this is something that, you know, the season ended and Brad Stevens knocked on Danny. There's just no way that all that can transpire that quickly. This has been in the works for a while, and I think that's why you always heard Ainge and Wick and everyone going to, going to bat for Brad because they knew he was going to be promoted in a sense i guess if you want to call it that um so the whole thing to me is this this season was kind of a joke from start to finish and, and honestly from the top down it was a joke from the gm from sorry, from the owner to the gm to the coach to the players this entire season to me was a huge waste of time that's my thoughts on this whole coaching situation and everything else with the state of the team right now. I've been on record saying if, if you wanted to get a new coach, I'm, I'm cool with Chauncey Billups. I think that would be a cool one. Um, I also throw out Sam Cassell. Those are the two names that I've kind of been high on. I also tweeted last week that I would, I think every Celtics fan should absolutely throw up at the thought of Jason Kidd becoming your head coach. If you are a real Celtics fan, you've been a Celtics fan for let's call it 20 plus years just the thought of Jason Kidd wearing Celtics green in any way, shape, or form or putting that logo on is disgusting. This guy was like enemy number one for the early parts of the 21st of, of 2000, what is it, 2000 to 2005, whatever you want to call it. He was the most hated player. He was a pretty much considered a pretty bad dude. And I don't want him as, and, and he's a shitty coach. Give me one good reason, one good example of him being a good coach. He couldn't coach the Bucks. He couldn't coach the Nets. He's now just sort of hanging on to uh, a Lakers team that's going nowhere. Or is it Lakers or Clippers? I'm already blanking on that. Lakers. Lakers, yeah. He's just like hanging on to LeBron's coat. I mean, like, you're not doing anything over there. Well, so wh- why is he a top candidate? I-, I don't even understand the connection of why he would be a top candidate. What has he done as a player <laughs> – or as a coach, he's a Hall of Famer, and as a coach, Jimmy, he's he is. Well, I think part of the one of the issues this team had was a disconnect between the head coach and the players. And the the assumption is that if you are a former player and you're the head coach, it allows you to better connect with your players. But the reason why, Jimmy, that he's someone that on paper at least, on paper at least, should be considered is because the places that he has been, Jimmy, they've been a better team that first year after he is there. But here's the problem with with Jason Kidd, the issue that I have. When he has that early success, it has gone to his head. 
And he has felt the need that he needs more power and more responsibility and more authority over the organization after that early success. And that's a problem. That's a problem. So if you're the Celtics, I think, yeah, he stays a candidate on paper for sure. But when it comes time to start interviewing folks and and that type of stuff, Jason Kidd is not someone I'm I'm trying to holler at. Me neither. And Sherrod, you – you were a reporter in Detroit for the best Chauncey Billups years. I mean, is he somebody that you would consider to be a legitimate coaching candidate? Chauncey's the to me, Chauncey's the guy. I, okay. I think once you once they talk to all the different candidates and they go through all the different uh, layers of who's going to be a good fit, who's a good leader, all that type of stuff. I think Chauncey's the guy that should be the last one standing. Um, I, I think he I agree. A lot of the boxes. And, and the other thing about Chauncey that I think a lot of Celtics fans either forgot about or, or they didn't know happened, but Kevin Garnett coming to Boston, Chauncey Bills had a lot to do with that. Kevin Garnett was on the fence about whether he wanted to come to Boston, and it was Chauncey Billups and Tyron Lue who convinced him to give Boston a chance, and he did. And the Celtics, needless to say, without Kevin, Gar- well, well, excuse, history, without yeah. Kevin Garnett, there would be no OA title. And without no OA title, the only title that this franchise has won in like the last 35 years, could you imagine a shit show that this organization would have without that one title? It'd be misery. Yeah. Misery. So, so Ch- Chelsea's the guy that, to me, I think at the end of the day will, will be the last one standing. But again, we don't know how involved Brad is going to be in this process. We don't know what Brad is looking for criteria-wise. We don't know whether... Uh, you know, Chauncey is that eager to come back to Boston. I think he is. My understanding is that he's definitely uh, open to talking to the Celtics and, and seeing whether they can get something done. But again, it's a process. What? And the process is not going to begin until the Clippers are done uh, in the playoffs. And there's no telling how long that will be. So, Well, I, real quick, I joked about this a little bit, texting you guys and on Twitter, uh, but I'm trying to think of a scenario like this where it's ever happened where the guy interviewing people for the next head coach is the guy who was replaced as head coach, and now he's going to make a decision on the next one. Like, how does that interview process work? Like, what does Brad Stevens say to people? Like, okay, what would you do different than the last guy? Like, how does he do that? Like, I I don't even understand how (laughs) it works. The only way I can see that kind of having a a way of working is Brad – just makes it about what's your process? How would you coach this team? What's your vision? And make it as much about the candidate and very little about what happened last year. I know, but what I'm saying is if you've ever interviewed for a job somewhere, a lot of times when people are they're, they're bringing you in, they want to know how you would do things different. It's almost impossible to talk about what you would do different Without like subtweeting your pre- the previous coach, you know, like it, basically, is- John, you're gonna have to shit on the guy that's gonna hire you. Yeah, you have to shit on the guy who hired <laughs> yeah. you. That's, <laughs> you know, that's exactly it. It's so strange where you'd be like, oh, you know, well, I'd crack the whip a little. What are you saying? The last guy didn't crack the whip. Whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, whoa. I am. <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa. Don't right, be- right. Like, Wait a second, I didn't mean that. Got hired, you know, like <laughs> it's it's a weird process. We've never seen anything like it. You know, right. 
It's 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 ridiculous. The whole thing. And I know everyone's saying oh, I'm being so negative, I'm being so negative. How can you not be? Like how can you like spin this into a good thing? Like Right. It's, it's like a Brad joke. Brad in his mind, fine, maybe you think they need a new voice, but Brad thinks like I'm a pretty good coach and I have a good coaching Listen. philosophy and then you're and and then you're going to bring in another guy who has a totally different coaching philosophy and be like, "Okay, sure, try it, John, I guess." John, I don't I don't think there's a reporter that knows Brad better than Jeff Goodman. And he seemed adamant that this is not a long-term arrangement, which is worse. I don't think it is either, Bobby. I'm with you. Absolutely, I agree. But that's then it's even a bigger farce. Why is he is he making any? Or is he simply just going to sit there and then be a consultant, so to speak? You know, um, you know. Well, the whole staff's still in place, so that says a little something too. Like, it does say a little something, guys- and I do think this whole thing smells like a bit of a farce. And also on top of that, and I, and I I know we've. You, I don't know where the NBA sits on the idea of coach trades, but let's say, for example, a team comes knocking and says, I want to talk to Brad. Or can I, can I talk to Brad about being the coach? Who the hell do they even call Brad? Like, they, they, I don't know. I don't know. In that instance, I, I think you got to talk to the owners. Um, for that, oh, which gosh. is right. I mean, it's, it's not like we it's haven't all seen that such a they, mess. And what? Is, and do the Celtics let him go? If the impetus for promoting him was more based in money than anything else, and a team comes calling and says, "Can you talk to him?" and they say yes, then that team doesn't hire him. Now you've said yes, thus tipping your intentions that really Brad isn't the guy you ever envisioned in a GM role. You just put him there because of money. And, and the, and the look is terrible. So if it is in fact your idea that you're waiting till somebody comes calling to take him away, this thing's going to blow up before it gets off the ground. Yeah. Cause you've got, That's you've got a bunch of vacancies already and you're going to probably be Milwaukee gets smoked here by Brooklyn. I wouldn't be stunned if bud goes like, you're going to have five, six teams like looking around. You think one of those guys wouldn't be like, I'd love that Stevens guy. If Stevens were fired outright, how many of those teams would have him near the top of his list? A few, right? Yeah. So you think they're not going to inquire? But, John, they don't have a GM. If, if he goes, who's calling the shots? They can't just go into the offseason with no That's GM. That's what I like, mean. They've, they've, I don't they've made the- this bed for this season. <laughs> But no, not really. If if Zarin and Ainge are really running things, and Brad is there as a talent consultant, Ainge you know? retired. Is Austin, he not retired? Austin. Austin. Oh, okay. Sorry. And if da- and if Danny is still Yikes. there advi- advising, you could go in with that skeleton crew into the off season and and let Brad walk theoretically, and then just and then go interview for your next guy. Then start knocking on the door no, and see if Presti. It's very interesting who's going to make this big coaching decision here because again i'm not thrilled brad's gone i thought brad was a relative strength of the team for years and now you're making a big decision here about whether you're going to upgrade which you might get something different here i don't know if you're necessarily going to upgrade in terms of coaching uh, but you could certainly downgrade Uh, so there's a huge decision here by a guy who may or may not be here for the long-term contract. Right, and that's the thing is, let's say he's not there for the long-term. Again, I don't know how any of this works. It's so messy. If, if he's not really here for the long-term, you're hiring a coach, and you're going to give him most likely a minimum what? What would be the lowest for a premium head coach hire? What would be the shortest contract you could imagine? 
Brad signed six years when he first got here. What what would you think? Five might be the shortest contract you would give somebody? Four? No, five's way too much. Are you talking about for a first year coach? First year coach. What what what's the contract? You can get away with three, I think. You could probably get away with three. Three, okay, let's say three or four. I mean, especially and, and the, if you're talking about if they're going to hire from within. Oh, my God, those guys should be lucky to get. Those guys. should be thanking their lucky stars if they hire, got a one-year if deal. If Billups is in demand, might need to yeah. go up, you know? Uh, if Billups, you're looking at a yeah, four or five. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I'm talking a premium yeah. guy, not a guy that is an assistant, and they're going to take whatever the hell you give them because they're thrilled at the opportunity. So if you went and got a – years probably and then brad is like well that goes and then they're like okay this brad gm thing isn't working and then they get a new guy that new guy's gonna come in and live with the coach like you're making a decision here that tethers brad to the organization for a few years in this role if you're picking the coach and you're gonna pay this guy because then you can't possibly bring in another gm and then say you but you got to keep the- right Right, and no GM is going to want to be in a situation where they they don't have that power. Right, and so to me that that's yeah, that, that's the, as soon as yeah, he makes the hire, you're kind of tied to him. Everything's yeah. messy. You have Wicks like the one going to be pulling the strings ultimately in the end, which is crazy because he's not like a Mark Cuban type. You know what I mean? Like he, I question his knowledge of basketball. I don't really think that's why he ha- owns the team. I don't think he wants. The, I hope he doesn't want that type of role. But like you said. You hire a coach, then the GM goes. The new GM comes in. Does he fire the coach? Does he? You know what I mean? Like it's it's all everything's out of sorts right now. Does Wick want to spend a lot of money on a coach? Is that what this is all about? The fact that he didn't want to have to cut ties with Stevens, hire, spend a bunch of money on a on a on a new coach, and if if Ainge really was thinking of retiring, regardless, now he's going to spend a bunch of money on a new GM. So is is he just trying to save? You know some money out of his pocket here? I, I, don't, I don't get know. all of I don't it. Know it's what it's strange. Is. We, we didn't get a chance to, Jimmy didn't get a chance to talk about us so if we wanted to. Well, let's whip through a few uh, yeah. a few callers here and just get your thoughts. doesn't have to be this topic. Talk about anything if you want. If people disagree with me, feel free to let me know. Yeah. And, and, and I guess what's funny is in all of our, all of our assumptions by about, you know, this was a money move, you know, um, Brad, was would have been fired as coach if he wasn't hired as the GM. Uh, all of these things, th- those make sense to us. But ultimately, based on everything that we just said, if you're going to put a person in a position, they're going to start making major decisions like who to trade and which coach to hire. It m- makes most sense that you actually are committed to this person long term because otherwise, it's going to get really ugly. And if they didn't think this far ahead, if they thought let's just move Brad the GM and then we'll figure it out from there. And they didn't consider, well, shit, if he hires the coach, then that coach has to stay in the new – then they really did not think this thing through, which are would be any, strange. Are any players on this current team are, – are any, is anybody upset that they just lost Brad Stevens as their coach? I, have, I mean, I have – only thing I heard was Marcus Smart say, congrats, coach. Congrats, right. Like, 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 like was, any, was any player like, what the hell just happened? Or was anyone upset that – like, did they want Stevens to stay as coach? Yeah. Like, Marcus Smart everyone's gave, like, oh, you like – Gave like the equivalent, the, the the equivalent of like signing like a goodbye card to a coworker right. you barely know, right. you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's basically what he did. Good, good yeah, luck. Good luck. Uh, we'll miss you. Uh, best, best of, in your new endeavors. You know, like right. You know, it was like a stranger. Or is it like when somebody who's above you gets a promotion, and are you just like, how the hell did that guy get the promotion? Like, <laughs> how? Wait, so they're just yeah. moving him into that role? We'll Why? miss you. What's this guy's name again? 
Yeah. Is it, is oh, he's in the he's in he's moving departments. Thank God. <laughs> By the yeah, way, we're going. We're secret going admission. I would always fake sign it and pass it off to the next person. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know what? I don't remember seeing your name on my card. It's actually, pretty, yeah, it's phone. pretty shitty. Uh, Jimmy, I, you and I spoke man to man. We did. I had to, I did. Had to break we, your heart. We did exactly. Uh, let's yeah. bring in uh, Ben. Ben, what do you got? Hey guys, what's up? Um, so I had, well, I had a question about like trade scenarios and stuff. I do have one really quick question before that though about what you guys are talking about, just for like clarification. So like, like two little mini questions. Brad is the GM as of right now, right? And like, I because it's like basketball operations or whatever. I just was kind of a little confused yeah. about that. Okay, and then so he is the GM right now, right? At, like as of this moment, that's what they're going with. People who believe okay. that there's. Others pulling strings and like you know how like the other people. It's like the president. They feel like there's like three people like somewhere actually making all the decisions. In the okay, president. okay, gotcha. So, because then, because then that's that's kind of like my other part of this little first question. Like, I thought, like I kind of thought that he was. I didn't get the impression at first that like he's like a it's a temporary thing. But like, is that just what everyone's saying? Like, is that like what y'all are hearing? Because I, I thought he was gonna be the. I thought they like had him kind of come up for Danny because Danny wanted out and he wanted to retire. Um, I thought he was kind of just stepping in because he's like entrenched in the organization. Like he knows the team well and stuff. And, like, that's what they're, that's stuff. the narrative. That's what they're selling. We're assholes. And we, we I mean, look, there's a, <laughs> okay. there's a lot of people speculating this. Uh, is, it's not okay. just us. There's a lot of no, people speculating you, yeah. that this was an extension and they they did not want to eat that money because and, and, and bring in a okay, new GM same, same and money. a okay. new coach and yeah. pay Brad. So you, what do you do? You know you can't continue with Brad as the coach. And if you bring in a new GM, they're probably going to want their own coach too. So you move Brad into this situation and you utilize his brain as best you can in some sort of robo-GM scenario that also includes Austin Ainge and Zarin, who was there before, with Brad giving a lot of input, maybe having final say, I don't know, and they piecemeal it together. Um, that's how okay. that seems the most plausible thing that's happening right, right now. Okay, more that, more so than it's just ugly. Like this more, is the more worst, so than this like, was six... always what Brad was meant to do, and he's just ascending to this role that he was always yeah. earmarked for. Never in history, never in Brad Stevens' life have we ever heard uh, 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 the notion that he might ever ascend to. Uh, the front yeah. office. Ever. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like, never, like never, he, never. Yeah, it, it, I, this kind of was, it was a half-baked plan that was hatched late in the year when they either decided they're moving, when Ainge quote-unquote retired. Who when knows he exactly got the Indiana what, job offer. Probably. Yeah, who knows? Okay. Yeah, okay. So that, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I would like, I would like to think that like he was just sending, but that actually, that actually makes sense. Because, um, you know, if you clear shop and you have to, spend a lot of money on a new GM and coach and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm okay personally if he's, like, still having kind of like that, the rowboat GM sort of thing, like being the brain a little bit. I'm trying to look at it, you know, for, with hope a little bit. Just because Ainge, I don't think, has done a good job over the last few years of getting the kind of pieces that truly fit around Brown and Tatum. Like, I feel like he just gets guys who take shots from them and don't actually fit with them and actually, like, have roles. Like, he's never gotten a sharpshooter. In the last few years, he's never gotten a playmaker. So I hope that Brad will help at least get guys like that 
But that brings me to my actual question. So, like, I think in order to be able to do that, I think we have to get rid of chemist salary. But I guess sort of what I'm hearing and what just the, the sad truth is, is that I don't think there's any way we can really salary dump. Maybe there is, but I don't think any teams are probably interested. So I just wanted y'all's thoughts on, like, like what's the best thing I th- you guys think we can get for Kemba? Like, I guess the best in my mind is because it feels like we're going to have to match salaries for another kind of shitty contract. But I feel like maybe the best would be Porzingis, but, like, he's still probably too good. I, I don't know. Because I don't think we can get anything good from Kemba. His value shit. Like, I don't I, – like, in a perfect world, I want us to get him – and a bunch of first-rounders and salary dump to some yeah. team that could so, take his contract. But I don't think anyone's going to So do this it. is the – thanks, Ben. This is the problem with um, with Kemba uh, trade scenarios. Uh, we just did a bunch of them on our show. The, the, you know, your average Celtics fan it will be screaming, trade, tra- trade Kemba. During the season, bench Kemba. Great. For who? Okay? There's not a better alternative. Then it's trade Kemba, get his ass out of here. And then it's like, okay – Here's some realistic trade scenarios, and everyone's like, I freaking hate that. So the reality is you're getting rid of Kemba and getting back something that is questionable whether it's better, and chances are it might not be. You've just been moving on. Yeah, this this has to be a big year of reckoning over what direction they're going to be in. There's not a great probability that they're going to be able to contend this year. So maybe that step back is the and right if, decision, if you want, or maybe yeah. Maybe as Bobby said, if you get a roster with a little more depth, young guys, those kind of things. If you get crazy lucky, different way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No cap. What do you got? We're about to. uh, In case people were wondering, the Nets have are about to get ball with uh, down one here with about ten seconds. I'm sitting here watching it too. This is it's really good. I can't believe here we go. Quarter. I was just looking at the numbers, not the not the quarter. I thought it was the third quarter. I'm like, holy crap, 84, 83. This must Those be like 30, 40 below the over-under. Here we oh go. Oh, bad inbounds. Oh. Broken All right, play. We'll watch, this, we'll watch this together. Kyrie. Good D. That's it. Good D it's indeed. Over. Well, there's fouling. Wow. Oh, they didn't even get Did Bruce Brown really take the last shot? I tell you what, though. Watching the last couple minutes of this game, Giannis – Shrunk in a big, big way. Did he? All the all the big shots that, that were being taken, they were being taken by Drew Holiday or Middleton and Holiday. Middleton, Giannis, not nearly as impactful as someone who's a two-time league MVP should be. Disappointing. Jimmy and I, Jimmy and I, both agree on Giannis. Um, I've never been now. all in on. I just can't get there. Well, if he. If he went and teamed up with LeBron and Davis, you'd be complaining about that too. Yep. Well, no, that's yeah. all I said. Right. A little different. His style. Yep. What the point? The point is his style. That literally has nothing to do with what I'm yeah. talking about. But yeah, um, <laughs> like I don't, I don't even know where it was. Like anyway, no, I just, I, I hate this game. I, I, yeah, I've always hated too. his game. I hate it. I hate it. And I well, think he's, he's, he has to do a lot because he's got his own team, pretty much. Yeah, I think he. I think he should have went and uh, went to go play with Curry and Clay. To be honest. Yeah, I just hate the style of game. Anyway, um, how about uh, how about this dude Brown? The ball's on him to go drive to the hoop. I was very yeah. surprised. Boston's finest. And, yep. And and missed very like yeah, very yeah, wild, wild Yeah, like bro, you might not get a shot again the rest of this series. Uh, no cap. Anyways, what do you got? um, 
Yeah. Um. What about Kimba? Nobody's even really talking about this, but Kimba. I mean, for Kevin Love. Oh, that is a possibility. And 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 try to get Sexton at the same time because I hear they want to move off of him too. Done. I'll do it. At this point, why not? No one's mentioned Kevin Love. Bobby, where were you on the Kevin Love uh, trade machine? What the hell, Bobby? He's working on it. He, he's I plugging like it in it. right now. I, I didn't. I didn't do trades I don't like. I mean, <laughs> that was not the assignment. <laughs> I asked you to come. Okay, up why with don't you like it? Trades. I, then we all debate whether we like them or not. First off, I don't think Cleveland would say yes. And then second off, he already, what does he really bring to the table? Kevin Love already he's said not, earlier this season he won out. Yeah, but he's rarely available. Uh, he doesn't. He's not a playmaker. He's not a great defender, certainly. I great mean, comment in here. Gerald Mallison, you don't like Kevin Love, but you like Al Horford. Yeah, because I think Horford brings some things they need. I mean, what is, what is it going to be next year? Just another Bobby, shootout with no ball handler? It's going to be even worse than last year. Bobby, you're suspect. Very. Sus. You would, you guys would do Kemba for love? I'd think about it. Why that? Dude, again, you're Are you you're kidding? Of course I would. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a Kemba Walker who we just, on the on YouTube tonight, we said we, we don't even know if he's going to play 50 games. You and he doesn't. And, and you said he doesn't fit. And he can't play. Right. Or or defense. Or basketball. Yeah, I mean, again, Cleveland. Cleveland's going to say no to that too. Unless would you send two first with it? One first only. No. Only one. The most depressing thing about all of these trades isn't only that. Wow. Isn't only that like you don't like the Celtics fans don't like the return in most of them is that the other teams would also say no. Yeah, Cleveland um, Cleveland really right, likes right. love. That's even more depressing, which is the thing you don't want. They're like, Yeah, we wouldn't do that anyway, losers. It doesn't you make know? sense for love to be on Cleveland anymore. So they can like him all they want, but they'll still get rid of him. Yeah, but at the yeah, same time, Kemba? I was gonna say at the same time, does it really make sense for them to want Kemba either? I don't probably not. <laughs> yeah, and the Sexton thing I was actually talking to a you know Cleveland guy about Sexton because he's an interesting target. I don't think Legit. he's actually going to be their guy. Who wants Kemba Walker? Like that's the whole thing is you're taking on Kemba. It's to get rid of trash, <sighs> not because you want Kemba. You're we didn't dump, talk about you're, dump, didn't... you're dumping things. You think there's a team out there that says we got to go get Kemba Walker? No, I don't think there's a team that says that. But we one team we didn't mention that. Might be kind of Kemba might be kind of electric in Madison Square Garden, and the Knicks are going to be looking for a point guard. If they're um, they are a very interesting team, yeah. Because if, um, what's his name leaves? So, um, so Derek uh, Rose. Yes, thank you very yes. much. Yes, and if they strike out in free agency and they have sixty million in cap room, not a lot of people know this, but if you trade a player to a team with cap space, you don't have to do salary matching. So you could literally send. Kemba is thirty six million in New York for a guy who makes like eight hundred thousand and shed the whole entire salary. Now I think you'd have to probably send two, three picks to do that, uh, but that flexibility would be ginormous. Uh, so one of the trades I actually threw together was maybe Kemba and three firsts for Kevin Knox. Three firsts, because again you're getting off thirty six million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. It's just, it's a lot. You could you could sign a max free agent in a year. You could, I mean, you completely reset your cap space. 
You basically do it a year sooner, is what you're saying. Yeah. But you're giving up three. I mean, you're getting Kevin Knox, who's a solid rotational player, I guess. I mean, there's some potential no, there. No, no. He's not. Kevin well, Knox, Knox, is Kevin, no. oh, Knox is garbage. Okay. He, he, I, mean, straight, I mean, straight up, you know, dumpster. Not bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So no, that's why I don't think you need. That's why I don't think you need to give up three picks for that. I think you might two, yeah, but three, hell no. Hell. Can we give? Can we toss Grant in there and maybe only give give one pick? I just rather give him. Bobby, oh wow, damn, Jimmy, seriously? They might Bobby actually ask hates, for an extra pick. Bobby hates draft picks. Yeah, I know that's the thing. When Bobby says whatever well, Bobby says for this? picks, I always subtract one. <laughs> John, this you is think- exactly what you just mentioned. No one's talking themselves into Kemba being a game changer. The only reason people are discussing this is because Celtics fans want to send him to New York. Well, Kemba in New York, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a fit there. Obviously, no. What's the, the con- fit? The fit's going to be him on the bench every other game. It's going to be a disaster for them. He still got, he still got the offensive side to him. I think they could use a little offensive. Hey, hey, guys, like I said, you- if Rose goes, they're going to need somebody. I know that. It's a big contract, but don't forget, he's a New York City native. So, I mean, they're looking to, you know, ride this little wave of, of popularity they have here, and they're going to need to do something because, the, you know, the Nets are going to come back next year with another great team, and they're going to want to compete. Would they rather have Kemba or DeMar DeRozan? <laughs> and they're really interested in DeRozan, Kelly obviously. Oubre. They really want Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks have a ton of flexibility and can basically get whoever they want this offseason. It's just a matter of guys wanting to come to New York, really. Yeah. That's the other thing. Let's not just that's, assume that now, just because they make the playoffs, everyone wants to play in New York City. They might not. Right. Be no, I mean, this this feels possible, but a lot of things have to go in Boss's direction to get to that point. Yeah. Like, Rose has to leave. All the free agents have to snub New York. Um you know, Randall has to play out that last year, whatever he's got going on there. There's got to be a million things that strike in their direction. All right. But that is an interesting one. I mean, if you can get off $36 million in one swoop, that would just be a game. It'd be like the Red Sox-Dodgers trade with Beckett, Crawford, and all of them. Way that would back be when. great. A mm-hmm. um, couple things. Are you guys seeing the chat going anymore? Yeah. They hate I'm man. seeing it. I don't, I, mean, I don't know what I gotta say. Um, but for but hey, Bo- Bobby, Bobby. Let's see. Let me read the chat. John Bobby. sucks. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Bobby, respond to yeah. me. Uh, I'm making you the host. Do you know how to make me the host when I return? Yes. My, I, I'm gonna make you the host. I gotta pop out my uh, my app's glitching, so I'm not seeing speaker requests right now. So I'm oh, making boy. you host now, and I'll be back in a minute. You're uh, making him host over me, bro. Yes. Stop. Good call, John. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby, you're the host. I'll be back in a... Uh, no. All right. I could... Uh, do you have host control? I think I do. Let me see if I can find my... Uh... No, I don't. So I can't do anything right now. No, don't back out. We won't have... Why don't, uh, you can't even leave... The John, just... Here. You can't leave the chat? I mean, you can't leave... If you leave, does the room shut down? Yes, it will shut down, but I've lost my ability to... Uh, do anything right now, <laughs> literally anything. anything this feels like a, like a like a Star Trek episode. We have no control over the ship. We're just <laughs> flying. Where's the when you need him, man? I I can't I he I can't get him in. All right, we're gonna try this. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, John. We got a solution here. What do Go you got? to um. Someone says 
uh, do airplane mode and then on airplane mode, and that might get you uh, back in control here. Uh, it seems risky. Seems preposterous, but I mean, what's the alternative? Just we're 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 basically on a, we're on a ghost ship, a ghost this, locker this, room. Right this now. commenter is very adamant, heading towards John. the middle of nowhere. We're being captained by somebody who has lost complete motor skills. Airplane mode, right? I, I'm 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 flying dead stick here, guys. Um, <laughs> we're on autopilot into the Indonesian or what is it, the Indian Ocean? What's Malaysian Airlines? Where'd they end up? I don't know. Why do you get to, Why do you get to go there? Well, because that's what it feels like. Wow. We yeah. Are, yeah. There's been some dark comparisons there. All right, give it a shot, Damn. John. Damn. I will not. Malaysian Airlines. One of one of the all time unsolved mysteries, as far as I'm concerned. I'm like that inviting be... people to speak left and right. Nothing's happening. I'm afraid if I go airplane mode, the room ends. Well, how about this? If the room ends, everyone in it right now just. Hang tight, and within like two or three minutes, we will have a new room open if that does happen. All right, that's what I will do because I can't invite anybody to speak right now, and I can't make anybody the host. So I'm going to try this airplane mode thing. Let's and get no. What are they telling me to do? Go airplane mode and then not airplane mode? You yeah, can... and then uh, it says refresh. I don't know what that means, but I can't. Jesus. He did it. Did he do it? Yeah. Oh, he's gone. There's, I can't believe he actually did it. Well, we're still here. When it idiot. might have worked. Oh, he's back. Did you hear me call you an idiot? Yeah. I there think, we go. I think it works. Oh, wow. Hey, that was, that so was who's freaking... the idiot, Jimmy? Wait, who Wait, told I'm you? The... Who, Wait, told who, you... Said, who said do that? I want to give you gems. Our guy Nima, Nima in the chat. Check out the oh, chat. Nima. Is Thank he, you. Is, if he's requested to speak, he should be able to go right now. Yeah. That's my Rockets guy right there. Good Thank man. you, Diva. Uh, all right, I welcome John in. John, what's that up, man? That was a sweet little hack right there. That was so awesome. Guys. That was more Air- exciting than the game. Airplane mode. I'm just going to start going into airplane mode whenever something that was awesome. in my life That's, goes wrong. I'm going to use that to fix everything. Uh, John, yeah, what do you got? Um, I'm in airplane mode right now. Sorry. So um, with us possibly moving on from Kemba, I think there's a lot of interesting <laughs> free agent options out there. One that uh, stood out to me was Spencer Dinwiddie from Brooklyn. Um, I think he fits with the offense perfectly. He's not uh, much of a scorer, but he's a willing passer, makes all the right plays, and I think he'll fit in uh, pretty nicely with Brown and Tatum. What do you guys think of that? I think the Celtics are not signing any free agents. Yeah, he's staying in Brooklyn. But moreover, any money they move is um, to give them future flexibility. They don't have – money no matter what <laughs> if Kemba like disappeared you would get that money but any, any move trading Kemba is taking on that salary uh, so you won't have any, they don't have money to sign free agents they can't sign anyone they only yeah, have they, they, they only have five million dollars yeah. so they, they uh, well while uh, absolutely I would take a guy like Dinwiddie all day long uh, the, nobody should bother looking at the free agent class and wonder, oh, I wonder if we could get that guy. Unless you're going down to like the bottom of the list. Bottom of the list, <laughs> and you're grabbing veteran guys. What uh, would happen are, if Kemba who are roster fillers? Yeah, disappeared. So yeah. They, they'd go down to about a hundred million before uh, signing Fournier. So that would give them like fourteen million in cap space, right? Maybe more with the cap going up a little bit. Um so that would be a decent medium sized deal that they could sign right there. But again, 
you'd have to let Fournier go to uh, do that. And, you know, that's before picking up anybody else. So Yeah, everything they're doing here is they're acquiring people by either. I mean, just to be clear, the only way that new players are coming here is using that 11 million exception, um, you know, to, to, to trade for somebody. Um, and then if you're able to move Kemba to take on, you know, money in return. But there's not going to be any money in free agency um, there. Uh, Antonio, what do you got? Oh, what's up, guys? What up? Probably have an unpopular opinion, but I think Probably. you just you resign Fournier. You uh, use the rest of the trade exception to add some depth, and you bank on Tatum being better, Brown being better, Neesmith, Romeo, all those guys, and you just run it back next year. I don't think there's a point in trading Kemba now. You know, you're not going to get something good in return. So I guess wait till his deal is expiring and then try the move. But I think he'll be better next year. I think he'll – I think he's going to play more games next year than he did this year. I think he's going to be healthier. Same with Rob Williams. I think you need to trade Tristan Thompson because he's just awful. Like, even when he's at his best, he's awful. You know what I'm saying? So I just think you basically run it back and add some depth with the, the exception or maybe the mid-level exception, you know. So, so I, don't, Billups. I don't have this in my piece tomorrow in the Kemba scenarios, but because I just I hate when people start doing those fake four team trades because they just get so silly that it's like, what's the point? But th- this does seem like a scenario where the Celtics and uh, two other teams or maybe three other teams can start tossing around a bunch of different guys. And in one swoop, you handle that Kemba situation, you handle the smart one, and then you handle the Thompson one all in one big move and you move the picks that you have to move to make it happen and all of a sudden you completely reshape the roster um around guy something that might be a little more sustainable here because uh, honestly thompson's probably gone after next year and i think there's a decent chance that smart could be gone if he's looking for more money elsewhere so uh, you might make a bigger move here that gets you guys you want from different locations and sends these guys that aren't necessarily loved in other spots to teams that aren't sending those guys back. So Thompson goes to one team that wants him. Another team wants Smart. Here you go. And then Kemba ends up on a spot that can eat that contract a little more comfortably. I think that actually might be the most realistic scenario. So just to be clear, Bobby doesn't like it when people make unrealistic preposterous trade scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bobby doesn't like it. Um, no, but I'm not going to have the Celtics sending out smart. Thompson no, you're right. And, it's, and you're, Willard you're, coming back. You, it, that's the thing. It, it, it's not. It's not preposterous. It, it, in Antonio's on work, track. No, in order to make a trade work, it can't just be, you know, oh, I'm going to get rid of the unwanted player. I don't want, you know, I don't want, and no one else wants, and get something in return that's going to make me feel good about it. You have to move pieces that other people may want and other things and other places. And right. In order to do that, you're right. Hey, someone take on Tristan's expiring because it helps make the money in this deal. And you're going to get draft picks in return, or you're going to get rid of this contract that you don't want, but I'm going to get that. You're you're right. You can move some things around, which would allow you, but it's just, it's so freaking complicated to do that. If you're like the Celtics and you wanted to achieve how many things, Get rid of Kemba, get rid of Tristan, move on from Marcus because you're not going to resign him, and then get something of value in return. I mean, how hard is it to accomplish that? I mean, these these multi team deals are are tricky. Yeah, they do happen 
fairly often, though. They so do, but yeah. what I'm saying is they happen often, but the idea that the Celtics would get everything they want out of one of those deals, it, uh, they happen a lot of times because you've got to go find another partner and another partner and another partner. But, like, would the Celtics be able to accomplish every one of their goals and, and walk out of it as, like, the winner? You know, no. the trade, I, I don't, that, that's well, if, hard. If, if their goal is dumping a lot of different stuff, I think they can. They're not going to come out of it with a home run. They're just going to come out of it with different stuff. Um, maybe it's stuff that's under contract for longer. Maybe it's a better fitting center. Uh, maybe it's a point guard that can score a little bit better than smart in that situation. I don't know. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of different teams trying to move contracts this summer. And I think, Plenty of them could come together and just move stuff around, and hopefully it works. Yeah, uh, Brady, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the boat. I I don't know if this would be able to happen, but I really love Malcolm Brogdon. I don't know where Indiana stands on him. I'm pretty sure they're pretty high on him, but he's got a pretty good contract at like 20 million. I just think he would like fit in perfectly here. So I I don't know if you could do it, but it would be something like Jeremy Lamb, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Kemba in two or three first round picks. I don't know if Indiana would ever do it, and if not, I was thinking if you're if you're gonna move Kemba and you don't get a point guard in return, you can get someone like Spencer Din- Dinwiddie in free agency. I think he's a good defender, good perimeter defender, and he can distribute the ball a little bit and score as well. And more importantly, not take away shots from the Jays, which I think is important. You know, those are couple names that I think that might be helpful. Well, that's, that's two Den- Spencer Dinwiddie shout-outs in this show tonight. So put him on the list, Bobby. He's a popular Dinwiddie. is a hot commodity. Popular guy. Yeah. I didn't know. He'd be great. Let me say this. I am would a be huge, great. huge Malcolm Brogdon fan. And if Danny Ainge had signed Brogdon over Kemba, we wouldn't have to have this discussion Ooh, good right point, now. Jimmy. Good point, Jimmy. But, you know, that's just – Looking in, that's just you know playing armchair quarterback. So um, no sense in going back in times for that. Probably would have been cheaper too. Yeah, he he's you know he's younger. He's not a young player because he was a four year kid out of college, and he was he was ready for the NBA. And that's what the Celtics lack with some of these guys they drafted. None of these guys were ready to play, and that's why their bench has always been so weak. Uh, They've had no depth because they draft guys and then Grant Williams is ready. Hurt. Yeah, he's ready to play the harmonica. That's about it. This guy, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the, that's the problem. Is a lot of these guys like I'm not giving up on a guy like I'm not giving up on Romeo, obviously. But we're going into year three now, and you've gotten essentially nothing from him. So you're drafting guys that just aren't helping you. Where if you drafted a guy like Brogdon, and I know that this the timing doesn't add up because this is now like five years ago, but he was a guy that was just ready to go out of college. He was effective right off the bat, and he. Good for him. He turned it into a, a you know a nice contract in Indiana. I love Brogdon. I don't know how they could make it happen. It, it would take a lot. And I don't know if Indy even wants to get rid of him. But Indy is a team to watch because they're kind of in flux right now too with their coaching situation and they had some injuries and underperforming players this year. So that's another team that you got to be on the lookout for this off season. Yeah, they really could end up in a territory where I mean people are throwing around these big names. But in terms of the lower portion of the roster, they might be moving and shaking guys at a rate pretty similar to what we saw in like 2015 when they were just shuffling guys in and out and making a lot of different moves to finally get to the point that they want to be at here. They really don't have the trade pieces to get to a guy like uh, Brogdon or, you know, 
Damian Lillard. And again, we kicked this around a little bit earlier. That's the, the concern. Thing. I don't think it's smart as, at all to try to swap out Brown for another star. You want to keep your two stars Disagree. and find a way to that third star eventually because you have a little bit of time here you don't have to get desperate and get rid of brown you know how awful it'll look if they get it's rid not of desperate becomes it's a top five to ten play it's not desperate if if the yes, right player is. becomes if the right player becomes available it's not desperation you're not looking to trade him but if the right superstar becomes available if like they were the a situation where harden did then you absolutely pick up that phone you see what it's going to take Jalen Brown is not untradeable. I think Jason Tatum probably but Jimmy, is, but I don't think Brown is. Jimmy, if they yeah, were, the I least, think Tatum's untouchable. But Brown made depending on who they would get back. Here's my point, though: if they were the three seed and made the East Finals and lost, would you be talking about trading Brown for a different player? If what now? If they had a really good season, three seed East Finals, would you would you still be talking about Brown for so and so? I'd be less. I'd be less interested in it. So that's but my I've, point. Like this, we shouldn't. That just didn't be happen. About, we shouldn't just be talking about Brown being traded for a different guy because they had a shaky season. It's not just the season. It's it. There's a little bit of a history now of 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 guys that have not completely gelled with the Jays out there. Star players who have left for whatever reasons. Uh, we've talked about it all season. How yes, they're getting their numbers. They're putting up good stats. They're almost kind of taking turns on good nights. But are they really making their teammates better? Are they making each other better? We've been over it. And again, I'm not looking to trade them. I'm not looking to trade Jalen Brown. But if a superstar became available, a la James Harden, last year, you absolutely have to consider it. You just you just do. I don't know how you cannot. I guess now that Brad and Kemba are gone, we can just move on to Brown being the guy that's got to be traded. And then once he he's doesn't gone, have to be traded. We can talk you, about Tatum. You want to talk about yeah, fit? If you wanted to talk about fit there. with Kemba, you can talk about fit with Jalen too. You might need a guy at a different stage of his career than where Jalen Brown is. You might need a guy at a different position than where Jalen Brown is. You know, it could be that Tatum and Brown are a little bit too similar. So maybe you need to find that different fit. And it doesn't mean you downgrade. I mean, if you're trading Jalen Brown, you're obviously trading a an all-star player, a guy that's young, has you know a, a really good contract. So again, there's only a hand, there's only a certain number of players, and there are probably less than twenty that you would even pick up the phone for. But you still pick up the phone. Yeah, absolutely, all stars. Uh, hey, let's bring in Jason. I don't think too. that's a hot take. Is that a hot take? That, that, <laughs> yes. Like you would, Again, I think he has such a high upside here, and he's here for so long that bringing in another question mark in terms of fit in the rest of the roster doesn't really solve anything. I mean, John has said this too. It's a lateral move for most of these guys. You it's still a lateral young- move. Like I said, when, when I suggested Jalen earlier today, I, I wasn't saying I'm, I'm ready to move on from Jalen or I think you need Jalen to upgrade. What I'm saying is, this team might be so many pieces away. You need to start thinking about kind of like not to that. I disagree with that. I that, agree. That with that. I and all I'm saying is this: if somebody out there thought Jalen Brown is like a farm for him, and you could take pieces and assets and take us, a... think he's in airplane mode again. <laughs> I can't. John, we didn't hear. We didn't hear that. No, but you do oh, that. Sorry. You do that. With... Uh, you, you, none of it. Anyway, real, no. the the quick gist of it is, 
Jimmy Jimmy says for a guy like Harden, I would consider it for a up and comer plus picks plus you know a couple of pieces. So you're yeah, looking at downgrade. Cat, cat I'm not looking at downgrade. I'm looking to say is somebody willing to give you a ton for Jalen? And if so, I would think about it. Even if you thought I don't like this player as much, let's say you was like a team. I, I don't have the best scenario, but like let's say it was Cat and picks. If a yes, team is like. Cat's older than him and further into his I career. I'm not saying you're 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 focusing on the player instead of the the sentiment. The sentiment is if the sentiment is if the team is willing to if someone is going to say I will give you whatever you want for Jalen because I want this guy to be a cornerstone, then I would consider it. I don't think he's an untradeable piece. I don't I think just, he's I just only don't know a what guy you roll off. I think it could be a disaster, and I really don't know what it solves or what it yeah. leads to. I, I agree with your sentiment in terms of like the mini rebuild, but that's why you're training Kemba. That's why you're training. But you're Kemba not. Possibly that's in it's, that's possibly making you worse. What you're doing is you're 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 running in place for a little while until you get rid of these other bad contracts. You know, like the, the trading Kemba doesn't do a ton for you either at the at the end of the day because almost every scenario we talked about. You're taking on the same amount of money with other players. Yes, that you but may it could be across three. It could be across three guys or so. Um, yeah, that Bernadoni roster situation that he was played gross. out there um, was gross. That but was that actually is the perfect step back year. You probably don't make the playoffs with that roster. You have oh, a few guys that can probably just make be the playoffs in, with this in suing deals. Well, I mean, what do you want? Do you want them to try to contend now? Then you do Porzingis. Maybe I would do Porzingis trade, and I would also do. I, I like the John Wall idea. That one's good too in terms of like sustaining here and trying to fit in another yeah, guy. I mean, you're not going to you're theoretically not you're not taking a step back. You're actually improving the fit, and you know, assuming the guy can stay healthy. I mean, I think you I think you get better. I like that from Wall one a lot too. So uh, still let's got hear him in here. He'll uh, he'll hit on that one. Let's. Hey guys, how's it going? Um, not a Celtics fan, but I like I enjoy listening to you guys chat. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I don't think you guys should trade Kemba only because I don't think there's a good trade out there. I think the kind of trade you want to do is actually the kind of trade that the person just just said before, which is like you want to trade for a guy like Brogdon, and then you want to end up giving a lot of picks. I mean, that's the only way you're going to do this. That's the only way you're going to actually upgrade your yeah, roster. You got to sell him. You got to sell Kemba Yeah, with a bunch of picks, yeah. and then getting an upgrade. You know, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily upgrade. It's more like an upgrade from what Kemba is now. Well, you're a Knicks fan. Do you want Kemba? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, at least two, maybe three first-round picks if you're going to give me Kemba. Oh, hell no. Get out of here. Get him out of the room. That's the we, point. We, I we, mean, we, hey, we, you we, asked, right? <laughs> I mean, we, deal seven, we deal seven picks at a time. You take all seven or none. Yep. I mean, look, I know he's from New York, but, you know, what's the point if he's sitting on the sideline most of the time? Well, but, um, and that's and that's going to be the issue in in trading him for sure. Yeah, everyone's. I think you guys should just. I mean, I don't think you guys should even try. I think you should look, but I think you guys should just stay in pat because I don't think that trade is going to come along, and I don't think it really makes sense to make a lateral move. Um, would what I would say, what, what, wait, what would you guys think about? What do you think is going to happen with Marcus Smart? Like, do you think like my logic with Marcus Smart is if you want to keep him and you want to extend him next year? Then you keep them. But if you don't want to extend them next year, they might as well trade them this year. Yeah, I'm all dubious about that. He's on the contract. Yeah, I think he's more likely to be moved than Kemba because I think you can actually move him and get something of value back. 
Now, here's if you're picking between Fournier, Smart, and Kemba, and you say only one of them has to go, you'd probably just bite the bullet on Kemba and try to minimize how much money you're taking back. Because uh, I think Fournier and Smart can still help this team a lot right now. Yeah, how, I don't. How are you trading him and and minimizing the money you're getting back? I don't know what trades out there that does that. Like, yeah. Well, the tough part is Porzingis has that extra year, so it really exactly. doesn't minimize the money. Um, yeah. You'd probably have to do something like if you trade Kemba to Detroit, you'd get probably about four guys averaging about six million bucks each. And how many picks are you giving Detroit? Because why would Detroit do that? Yeah, you'd send them two or three picks, and then yeah. you try to send some of those other guys elsewhere, and then you cut yeah, the cost. Yeah, but for that, that I way. see. I I think the only way that makes sense is if if you're getting back a player that's good. Yeah, like a player that will Mason. help you guys. Now, when it probably be Mason Plumley, and I like the idea of picking him up last year too. But then you'd have to he's find a, a spot. He's a replacement year. level big. You can get him on the free agency with your mid level exception. I don't see a point in trading for him at all. I don't see a lot of bigs out there in free agency, though. So that's the thing, too. If they're training, I mean, is he any better than Tristan Thompson? Come on, let's be real. I think so. I think, I, I think you're saying that because you don't watch him play every game. <laughs> I think he'd be a better fit. He rolls, he cuts. Thompson, like, he wouldn't roll. That was the biggest issue there. He wanted mm-hmm. to post up a ton. He's a better, he's probably as good of a rebounder as Thompson at this point and blocks shots, which is something Thompson didn't do either. I mean, I. I Sure. I just I don't think he's that good. Again, what's the <laughs> point of running this back with what do you get out of running this back with Kemba? Does like a No, no, I, you don't get anything. I'm just saying I think you should try to make a change somewhere else. I just I mean, I don't see what you're getting back in the trade. Like unless you think Porzingis is going to be good, then like if you think you can bring Porzingis back to being himself, then I think you do that trade. Here's you know? the problem with keeping Kemba, and I know John has this idea of kicking him back to a smaller role or bringing him off the bench and this kind of stuff. You just realistically can't do it. Like no coach, no matter who they get as coach, is going to bench Kemba for like Peyton Pritchard or whoever. And well, no, you bench him for Smart. You wouldn't bench him for Pritchard, but yeah, I know. But he's still going to be a thirty-minute a game guy. He's going to be. They don't depth on this roster, so he's going to be a huge part of what they're doing, whether he's off the bench or starting or whatever. And if he's in one game, out the next game, and then they're in the same spot they were last year, I think they almost have to move him just to shake up the roster situation. Um, I mean, I think you're going to be getting worse value back if you do that. But hey, well, we it's know fine. that. We know that at this point. But what's the point of moving him then if you're getting worse value back? Other to than so, I, 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 let me jump in real quick. Let me jump day. in. I, I like. You're right. This is a, and you you make a lot of good points. That that ultimately is the the existential you know dilemma here. Like, do you 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 want to move him? But if you're not getting better, what are you moving him for? And so that's where you're stuck. And you're right. The best deal and possibly the only deal is the one where you're selling him. And again, this is the one we talked about all season, which is. I'm gonna. We're gonna switch players. I'm gonna get a better player in return. You're gonna get a bunch of assets in return. And so, yeah. in a, it could be it's Kemba and take your pick of Neesmith, Romeo, Pritchard. You might even take two of them and a pick, and yeah. you know, and whatever because the, the the franchise is spinning its wheels. They know they're not going anywhere with a Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon type guy. Maybe you can convince them to take Tristan as well if you give away enough assets, and you know. Um, that's, that's the best deal, but you're basically saying when you make that deal, if you're going to give away a bunch of assets, you have to say, okay, I feel good enough about this roster that we can contend, but are you telling me Jalen, Jason, 
uh, and Brogdon is a title contender. Like, and if I mean, it's not, you start to wonder, like, what am I even doing here? Am I better off? Yeah, but you, you got to do something while Jason Tatum's still on your roster. Because, I mean, you, do, you have but, him, but you got him for how many years, you know? Right. So and this is where it gets down to is, do you, do you look at your roster now and say, I actually think, and here's what's crazy. Like, uh, there's a really good article in The Ringer a month or so ago, and I circulated and we were looking at it, these guys, just talking about value draft pick value relative to expectation. And this is where people, I think, freak out over stuff. Would you believe that on the Celtics roster right now, based off of wins above expectation, that Neesmith, Romeo, and Grant Williams are all on the positive side of things, which is to say, based on where they're picked, they've actually outperformed expectation. Like it's So that just shows you how worthless draft picks are then. No, I'm saying that that'll show you that it is difficult to hit home runs there. So you're oh, right. Yeah. It's really hard. Everyone looks at 14 and they're like, he's a bust. And like, we've done it too. But it's like at 14, you're lucky, lucky. If you, if you grab a guy who's a solid rotation player. So if you're yeah. looking at this, if you're looking at the Celtics here, you're saying, yeah, move those picks because ultimately you don't need more of those guys. Develop Romeo, Neesmith, Pritchard, Rob, You've got enough young talent here. You've got to surround them with some people and move on from those. They're not worth that much anyway. Or you say, shit, you know, fine. For every Romeo and Neesmith, there is a Halliburton. There's another, there's, there are guys there who are home freaking runs. Am I better off swinging for the fences and holding on to my assets versus trading for Brogdon and replacing Kemba with Brogdon on my roster and running it back against this Nets team and getting friggin' eviscerated again next year? See, I, I agree with that, John. I'd rather use the picks to upgrade than yeah. dump a guy, but those picks alone aren't really getting you much. They're not, and that's why all year long we're crying for, you got to play Neesmith, you got to play those guys, because you're trying to develop assets, whether they work for you or working. This was the biggest flaw of this year, I thought, is not 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 turning these assets and not turning these players into something that could be viewed as assets either to you or to anyone else because you're entering this offseason with nothing to trade so even if you do load up you're right jesus christ we're joking about it but like you might have to give three first round picks to get rid of kemba walker which is just it just it's just kills you well, you guys did a de- decent job of developing Robert Williams this year. Thank you. But you don't Thank want to beat him. I know I, that. I, I, want, I, I would like as much credit for that as possible. Yeah, that's and that's just something they have to consider here, too, is how many minutes are going to be available for those young guys, depending on how many veterans they bring in in a possible camera deal. Uh, I like Neesmith. I like Pritchard. I, I'm less crazy about Langford. So a lot of these guys I'm not – sold on going all in on their development like if you can find some veterans to help you win now you know let those guys fight it out and actually earn those minutes but there is a case for letting the young guys play and having as much opportunity for them as possible next year well it's tough because you guys are trying to do two things at once you're trying to be good and then you're also trying to develop i know and that was the we keep looking back at that 2019 draft you were in the east finals the year before you had a contending team that didn't get it done that year, and a couple guys leave, and you decide we're going to go young with a couple stars still here, which was kind of a tough thing to do. You couldn't go young with four draft picks and still have veterans that were ready to you know, win a championship, frankly. And that kind of set up them on this path that they've been on for three years now. 
Yeah, I think you guys have to actually try to bring in as many vets as you can for this that, year. For that matter, Ed, let me actually take that a step further. They drafted four young players and signed Kemba Walker. How did those two things line up? Yeah, they did it. And those guys were not drafted like high. I mean, not Romeo Langford was, but it wasn't like they were like surefire players. Yeah, no, they were, they were, uh, you know, projects, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Then we're going to give someone else a turn. This was a really good call. Thank you for jumping All on. Right. I think this no is your, this your first time. Yeah, it's my first time with you guys. You know, so. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for hanging. We'll we'll keep doing these in the off season. And we'll see some dominoes oh, are going to fall. No quick. question about it. Yeah, Jason, you said you're a Knicks fan. Are you taking Kemba? No, we. Were, you guys already asked me that. I said I want like th- two or three first. At least. Two, and you guys told first. me to get off. You guys told me to get off. No, just Bobby <laughs> did. Bob, Bobby, Bobby, no, Bobby wants to be the one giving the first. He, you can't ask for them. Okay, he has to voluntarily give them. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Bye. All right. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Chris, what's up? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? We're good. We're good. Um, <laughs> uh, I I got in here like at the 30-minute mark. Um, what's going on, Jimmy? And um, I heard some of the, the convo about um, – well, first, um, I don't – the the whole trying to make these big splashes and big moves and stuff like that um i don't that's i just don't see that happening i know meaning that we i know that we want to move kemba but this isn't like the nfl where you could just move a guy release a guy or just like it takes two to 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 tango like it needs that we need another team to do that and just saying he's going to be off the team is going to be we need him off the team we need him off the team it's like it's not really realistic we just, uh we have to kind of just wait it out Waited out to see who becomes unhappy, but a lot, a lot of things happen. A lot of things happen pretty quickly. So I mean, once the once the championship is over and stuff like that, uh, I think more is gonna re- re- reveal itself and stuff like that. But also the whole um, the whole Brown thing. I'm not on. <laughs> I don't agree with Jimmy or John on that at all. Um, a whole willing to trade Brown thing. I don't. I don't even think that's a should even be a discussion at this point. I, that's I think that's like a few years down the down the line. It, I just don't I just don't see it. No, that just, one's in the past actually. You it's more in the past. You missed, you missed your shot. You missed your shot. Right what do you now, mean? The the shot to trade him was before he became a star. Yeah. To get to get George to get Paul George to get Kawhi to get Jimmy Butler, you know, those were that was on the table. You held on to him. Most people probably feel good about it. Because of his trajectory, my my thought of trading him, Jimmy says, if you can get, if you can go from Brown to Harden, he he says See, that's you take the that. one I agree I'm, with too. Walking back, on I'm it. saying personally, if an if a team is falling over themselves um, for for Jalen for whatever reason and wants to give you just a vault, you open the vault and give you a shit ton of stuff, I would okay. listen, even if you didn't love the players as much coming back. If a team was saying. I'll give you three first-round picks and this up-and-coming player and this guy who's already a fringe. I don't have the names yeah, to, but those, to make it work. But those yeah. trades are always won by the team getting the star. John, Usually the team point, that the gets the one round. wins. But yeah. the Celtics yeah. right now can't get they, – they need more stuff to make a splashy move, and they don't have it. Yeah, so you can get that right stuff now, other ways, though. Right now they've only got Tatum and Brown and almost no way to improve beyond that. Ooh, but that, that's the but I think that's the easy part. We have the two yeah, so maybe you just hold it's everything else, right? Chris. So 
and and saying that he, they can't play together. I mean, uh, I I don't I don't think that's they made true. Two weeks I mean, finals together. Yeah, you, and, you guys are acting like I'm shopping. Around. I mean, <laughs> no, I, it's, I'm it's also I don't like. want to hear the East Finals thing anymore because, as I said, <laughs> that's a bit of fool's gold. They, it's, they, let's, yeah, they, we shouldn't phrase it as East Finals. They've played enough games together, where I mean, like they they're young and they they they're still growing in their game, so they still need to iron out how to, how to play with each other. But I wouldn't say they don't fit because if you look at it, if you look at Kawhi and Paul George, I don't think you guys would say they don't fit together. If you look at Kyrie and and and, and Kevin, I wouldn't. I don't think you you'd say they don't fit together. So and, they do and fit together. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, but their games are are at a level where they they're able to to figure those things out and stuff like that. I think we need to wait and let uh, these two figure out where they're going with their games because they're going to get a lot better. Yeah. So well, that thing about think? fit, you know, stars don't fit together because they always complement each other. Usually those teams have great role guys or glue guys that make things fit a little yes. bit together. Like Hayward really helped Tatum and Brown play together. And, uh, you know, Smart back in those days when he was in a smaller role. And Horford was huge to those two guys succeeding. Yeah. Uh, you need guys like that, glue guys. And that's a big reason I want to trade Kemba because you could get glue yeah. guys in return like that. You know, Beverly could maybe be a glue guy for this team, or Kennard, or that kind of deal with the Clippers. Like, and Wall especially. That's why I love that Wall deal, is because he's such a great passer. He could get Brown and Tatum the shots they need. Kemba, ultimately, great scorer, but he wasn't really a glue guy. He was just another guy to score, and he didn't really help Tatum and Brown get the quality looks they needed. Uh, so that's got to be the priority here. It's not about whether if Brown and Tatum can't connect individually. It's not that you get rid of one of them. You need to compliment the yeah, passers. Not not necessarily, yeah, connecting individually, but in, and in those playoff type games and stuff like that, you need another person who can get their own shot and stuff like that. If you look at look, like look at look at Luca, he's by himself. There isn't another guy. When you have another guy to rely on and stuff like that, um, it makes the it makes your it makes the game a little bit easier because you know you have that other guy to rely on and stuff like that. It's it's harder for the defense to to solely focus in on you. And when you look at Luca, perfect example, if he had a, a guy like Brown next to him, that that series that series probably goes a different way. They had a whole bunch of role players that were outperforming the the second guy who was supposed to be KP. But if KP plays to the level of which he's supposed to be, which his contract is then they probably beat the Clippers. So, I mean, we have the two guys. If they're if they go to where we think they're going to go in their games, if they grow a lot, I think we it's just the pieces that are around them. So we just need to make smart decisions with those role players. Got it. So trade Jalen. Got it. Uh, <laughs> got it. So Jalen for Cat. Uh, I got it. Um, so- you wouldn't you wouldn't consider so you wouldn't consider Jalen for Carl Anthony Towns. No, I think Brown's we can get him without. Than- I'm, I'm talking today. to Chris. I'm talking to Chris. <laughs> if we make the right moves, I think we can get it. You see the teams do it all the time, though. You see them keep their their best players and still get 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 the trade. Like look at look at Brooklyn. They got James Harden on their team. No, yeah. and they kept they, they all their talent. So why can't we do the same? You don't have, right? you don't have a Karis Levert. We Jimmy, need to develop that. We can. Jimmy, we, we, that's the piece. That's that's the thing. We need Tatum to make smart Brown, enough moves. If Tatum and Brown were 30, you'd have a stronger case, but they're 23 and 24. I mean, they're going to get better every single year for like the next four or five years. I know, but Joe Sway told me they hate each other. 
<laughs> Do they? Again, I'm literally just... Uh, I'm just I'm, messing I'm around. Just, you know, when, when you look at, like, the top names in the NBA, a lot of them aren't going to be in the trade block. So this is just a, a, situa- a scenario that's probably not going to ever happen. But things but change. Towns, it, things do change. And Carly Anthony Towns is, is a name that's been brought up. Sherrod's brought him up before. He's on a team that, you know, could be making some big changes. So, I mean, he's just a name that has been linked to trade rumors. So I'm not but, saying that that's possible, but you can't tell me that it's not out of the realm of possibilities of like, let's, let's like, that's, that's the type of player that you'd be getting for a guy like Brown. I think, but point. I don't know. But I mean, Carl, if we're talking about Carl Anthony Towns, they just, um, he's playing with, with one of his best friends in D'Angelo Russell. Um, they just got a number one draft pick in, in Anthony Edwards, and he was like bigging him up and stuff like that over yeah. uh, Lamelo and stuff like that. Like that's our guy. Like they had a, they just got a new coach, and they were playing well towards the end of the season. I don't see a scenario where he wants out next season. I actually think they're going to be probably a little yeah. decent next. Season. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people next season. So I don't see him moving. I mean, but like I said, a lot of things change in the NBA things very quickly. So, so we don't know who's going to be the next like, guy. Uh, and so, ultimately, the reason I think you're right, Chris, is I, I actually think Celtics fans value Jalen Brown beyond what the rest of the league values him at this point, which is to say a lot of the players you're, we're talking about, would you trade them straight up? Again, I don't know if the other teams would do it. If you ask the majority of GMs right now, who's a better, who's a, who's a player you'd rather have, Cat or Jalen? I would think yeah. most people would say Cat. And that's what that's what complicates those deals. Minnesota would be like, yeah, give us Brown and three first or something. Yeah, so, like, it's funny because, like, the, the reason I think you can't make the trade is I actually think people here are having irrational – I like Jalen, and I don't know that – I'm just saying right now, if you want to blow it up, so to speak, that's all you can do. Beyond that, you roll it back with these two guys, hope they continue to develop into superstars. That's probably your best, simplest, easiest path to success. See, but if, I think... if your fear is one might leave, one or the other might leave, you want to appease Tatum at all costs, J- Jalen might have to be the sacrificial lamb here. Yeah, that's, but that's literally all I'm saying. And I don't think you're there yet either. But I do yeah. think it is interesting that most trades we would bring up, if we if – we, if we presented 10 Jalen Brown trade scenarios, Celtics fans would probably say no to 10 of them, and then the right. other team's fan base would probably say no to the same 10. See, and the so, kill- yeah. The killers, yeah. if they were going to That's what do makes this, this stuff fun, because both sides are like, <laughs> fuck no! You know? The, the killers, if they were going to do this, they should have done it for Harden. He was the guy to do this for. Yeah. And everyone but else is just falling short in terms of impact. I don't think we were ever in the running to get him. Don't you think the Sixers package was better? For, for I, I think I think when the Sixers didn't bite and he included Boston on the list, then you had a chance to jump in and make your move. And yeah, it depends the, if they like Simmons or Brown. The more. key was close call. the key to the whole deal was obviously getting a real player in return plus picks. So if they Jalen, if you look at the, the picks, if Simmons was the centerpiece, Jalen certainly would have been and an equivalent. The picks. I would have done the picks too. Who do you like more, Bobby, Jalen or Simmons? Oh, Jalen by far. He can score. Yeah, the Simmons, most Simmons GMs will score probably like, say Simmons, but that's Simmons fine. Simmons will score like six points in 30 minutes. Let's uh, – I want to get Soapy in here, um, and I'm, I'm going to – guys, I'm going to – Bobby, I'm going to make you host. i got to drop off in a couple minutes. Um, so you can keep it going as long as you want with, uh, with the room here, but uh, I'm going to uh, – you've got speaker control from here on out. Um, 
So, uh, Soapy, why don't you go ahead, and Bobby, I'm going to make you host, and guys, I'm going to boogie, and Bobby, close out the room whenever you want. All What's right. up, fellas? How how we doing? Peace, John. What's up, Soapy? Not too much, man. What's Not up, Soapy? Much. Good to have you boys back. Um, Good to have you back, man. I appreciate it. Mutual. We weren't going yeah. that long. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I already started to miss you guys. I was having withdrawal, so we were doing it like five days a week before. <laughs> yeah, we were. Yeah, but I, I was just we wondering. Were like, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it if we played the situation out and Brad for some reason does really want to be the GM and he stays GM for you know the prolonged future, <laughs> what do you guys think is going to happen in terms of like? Number one, I, I asked this um, somewhere else too, but I said, "Is is he going to treat the the stars the same way that he did as a coach? Meaning, is he if he has the opportunity to land someone that he doesn't think he would like as a coach, is he still going to avoid them as a GM? Um, what does he look like when he goes to negotiate a deal? Like, I can't picture him doing that. I can't picture him being on the phone." Um, is the coach going to walk all over him the way that the seemingly the players do? And what do you guys think about if this is, if this isn't a facade and Brad really is the GM? So I, I think he's going to lead, lead the roster in a way similar to how he would run envision as coach. Like he's not going to go to a guy who wants the center to be their best player or, you know, not take threes and become like the most mid-range heavy team in the league. Like he's still going to want wings, shooters, and versatility, uh, emphasizing defense, all that stuff. He's definitely going to try to carve out a team that he would want uh, to coach. But I do think he's also an amicable guy. Like I think he's looking for a coach with a little bit of a different perspective. I think he's going to have a lot of people around him, whether he's staying short or long term, uh, who bring different points of view in the front office. Uh, so. This isn't going to be Brad's show. Like, he is not the king of the Celtics now who's going to be rolling with an iron fist. There's going to be a lot of people uh, making a, a bunch of different decisions, and that's going to include the new head coach. So that's why that choice is so important, whether Brad's staying or not. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting to see is where they go, where they go with the coach. I don't – it's not that I don't believe that Brad can, like, do the GM thing. It's just that I – I'm just kind of so surprised by this being. Doesn't make out. sense. It doesn't make it doesn't any sense. It seems sincere to me. No. Right. It, it doesn't. It didn't feel that way when they were all up sitting on the podium, and it doesn't feel that way now. I I tend to believe that, like Bobby said, like he's not long for this for this job. Now, can he recruit? Well, he's been able to as a coach. I mean, he's been able to bring in some star players here. So I don't necessarily think that he won't be able to do that as the GM. But the other thing is. They don't even have that ability right now, anyways. Like they're they're useless in free agency. I do wonder so. who's going to negotiate. I mean, he has never negotiated a deal or a right. contract. That's a huge deal. Yeah, I think that's where you're going to see like the Zarens and those other guys probably come in and be involved in that. I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe he's going to have his wife in in the negotiation room with him for these for these deals. But yeah, these are all see these are all the ridiculous questions we have, which I think is unfair. I just think it's unfair that the organization is in this position right now. It's unfair to the fans. It's unfair fair to the players. It's just, it's, to me, it's just a, an amateur type of a look. That's what I don't like about this whole thing. Well, this is what, what everybody kind of, wanted. What kind of stock do you guys put into the, and I know you guys said on the YouTube show that 
Um, Jeff Goodman is as connected to him as any other media member would be. But if that story is true, and this is just a one-year thing, did he say that Brad would want to come back to coaching the Celtics after a year? And is that just because he's so burnt out from this season that he needs a year off? No, you can't. They can't you know what? be Brad's rest That's year. interesting. I've never even thought about him coming back as coach. It's possible. I don't. I wouldn't like it, though. Like, what is this, Phil Jackson, like, jumping upstairs <laughs> and downstairs? I mean, come right. on. He's yeah, done Pat, his Celtics Pat Riley coach. with the Shaq and D-Wade. I know, yeah. He's done as the Celtics coach. You hope that this next guy you get is here for the next eight sure. to ten years like Brad was. And, again, it kind of makes me sad, like, I love Stevens. I thought he was a great coach. The personalities and other things made it not fit. Bad luck made it go to hell. And I don't think we should be celebrating Brad being out of the picture there. Like he was, just, he was something that really got them back in the picture fast. And now it's going to be tough to replace him. I think. Um, and they need something different now to replace him. It's a different kind of roster and situation, and not for the better. Again, I said this uh, last week, Jimmy. This is not a good thing. Whether you wanted Stevens gone or not, like the Ainge being gone is not a good thing either. I know we've nope. been tough on Ainge the last few years, but 85, 90% of the time you trusted Ainge. Every move he made, you could see the rationale there. I have no clue what Stevens is going to do as GM. Zero. I have absolutely no idea. And the other thing I'm, and this is like probably like a weird Homer take, but like, you lose a guy like Ainge who's been connected to the organization for so long. Like you're losing these like sort of like connections that you've had that sort of makes the Celtics unique. So I, I just hope that the disconnect doesn't continue and you just kind of lose that whole Celtic pride thing that you've had, whether that's cheesy or not. I mean, unfortunately, like these legends are getting older and older and you're not seeing them as much in the garden for a number of reasons. Danny Ainge is kind of like that figure that sort of connects you to the past and, he did, you know, construct a championship here. So now that connection's gone. And, you know, you're left with these young guys who don't really, I don't know if they really know or care or understand what it's, you know, the whole Celtic, you know, mentality is. So I think you kind of run the risk there a little bit of, of a disconnect that's, you know, past to present, I guess, sort of thing. So, and yeah, like Ainge, you know, for, for everything that you want to be mad at him about, there's probably three things that he's done right. And with Brad Stevens, like I just feel like it's tough to put your put a coach in this situation where now he's just this like he's the GM now, you know. And it's like, did he really want this, or was he kind of forced into this? I, I don't know. No, and who and who knows how much we're gonna like the next coach, Jimmy? I mean, there are a lot right. of coaches that teams fan bases just can't stand i know we like the name billups and we like the memory of cassell and all these different guys right. we frankly don't know who many of them are and a lot of these guys we know who they are and we don't like them you know mark jackson i know he's not in the picture but if it was him we'd be losing our minds and jason kidd we don't like because we saw what he did in milwaukee and lloyd pierce just did right. a pretty bad job in atlanta uh, so if it's one of those guys it's going to be really hard to talk ourselves into it being a good thing and yeah, if it's and, an and assistant, there's, there's, Jimmy, oh, I can't even wait to hear if it's Jay Laranega, your reaction. Oh, oh no way. They it. wouldn't just, do that. They oh, wouldn't do that. God. Just put the kibosh on the season if they're going to hire from within. I mean, really. <laughs> if, if they hired more with, within, the I can see Stevens coming back and coaching, if that was the case. That's the only way. That's or that could way, be the yeah. one-year deal. Brad gets right. his guy for a year, they play it out, and then whoever the next GM is picks a it's coach. It's like the Red Sox. Point. 
They, uh, who the Red yeah. Sox have as was manager fit, like last season? No, no that was they, they did the Bobby Brown. Oh, they had Alex Cora's assistant. What was his name? I don't even remember. <laughs> right, so and then they replaced him with Alex Cora again. It's like the same shit. Uh, I watched like one game last year. <laughs> but is anybody else con- not concerned? But is anyone else like kind of weirded out by like if you're if you're a Celtics fan, like the history of the organization is hugely important to you, and now like that's pretty much kind of gone like you just lost Ainge that's what stinks here and let me uh let me and like whoever you hire is like they're not gonna get that sort of like whatever they know about the organization just what they know it from the outside they're not gonna really get that you know lesson or they're not gonna really learn from the you know the guy before them sort of thing so that's where it's kind of a bummer like you've kind of lost your connection to the history of of where this team was. That, organization. That, yeah, that sucks, but I think that's where it was already heading. I think that's why yeah. Danny Ainge left. There was that disconnect. The players weren't really um, um, really with the whole yeah. Celtic pride. And stuff. I mean, Marcus Smart, like a few years ago, yeah, but it's just the team's super young. It's not, it's not the same. It, you, you it's lose not. The, yeah, you lose. But the you don't even have anybody like, like, within, like yeah. you don't really have people like within the organization that are sort of carrying that on because like the guys from the eighties, like they're not they're not really working anymore. Let's just put it that way. You know, I mean, you still got yeah. you got Maxwell. He's like the only Cedric Maxwell, well, like this, the only guy really left. It feels like who's got that like championship, you know, pedigree mentality from years past. So I don't know if they're able to really convey the whole like. Celtic, what it means to be, and I know it sounds cheesy, but like back in '08, and like that actually mattered to those guys, and yeah, they sort of bought into that early on, and I think that played a huge role in it. So it's just well, different things, now. Things have changed, Jimmy, and they're gonna have to adapt to the new era. Like whenever players want to see happen to get here, they kind of have to do at this point, and uh, it's kind of a nice transition point in that sense that they can start to become more of a you know player friendly team rather than. Angel's Castle, you know what I mean? Like they yeah, can they start have to, to accommodate guys a little bit more. Sure, but I mean, I think I think they have. I mean, they just built a state of the art like practice facility. I mean, yeah. there's so many reasons to want to play for this organization, and I, I I find it hard to believe that you know it's always been Angel's way or the highway. I mean, they've brought in a lot of guys over the years. Well, I don't. A lot you know, of guys for, have left. So they that's have the left. Question I they have to answer like, what's going to make guys happier here? Right. I think so. I mean, does, is, okay. Is this whatever this situation is going to make guys happier? I guess we'll find out. This seems like the worst case scenario. There's just all uncertainty. Well, what if guys love Chauncey? That could it could be as simple. If as If they that. hire him, yeah. If yeah. they hire him, we'll see. I mean, that's what I'm waiting to see what they do here. A Carol Lawson. I don't know. What do you going to say, Sophie? I was going to say just like you guys brought up a good point on the YouTube show, which is that, like, yeah, I think accepting that the Celtics tradition and its relevance now that just being a part of the past that's already a tough pill to swallow I think the tougher pill to swallow and one that we definitely have to is that uh, trying to recruit defensive minded players matters that much anymore I think Jimmy you're the one that said on the show right like when you guys were talking about maybe it was James Harden you know we if we were all to look back on that now we probably would have done whatever trade it, it would have taken mm-hmm. to get him here, regardless of just how shitty he is on defense, because it doesn't really seem to matter in today's NBA, even in the fucking playoffs. 
You're right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been the case for you. Good offense is always beating good defense, but and now more than ever, it feels now more than ever, it just feels like team like teams are just sort of laying off on that defensive side, and maybe they're just out of gas. I mean, this has been a wild season and pretty That's much one too. one long season. I think guys are just trying to catch their wind whenever they can. So maybe you'll see the defense tick up again next season. But it does feel like like I wouldn't not trade for a player because he doesn't like quote unquote doesn't play defense. I think that's a lot of that's mentality. A lot of that's coaching and a lot of that's just being in the surround situation and surroundings that you're in. I wouldn't not trade for a player because he's like not good on the defensive end. I would not trade for a player if he sucked on offense though. He just couldn't score the ball. He's, he's a black hole. He's a liability out there. He's, he's so the, five defense, on four. the defense thing's interesting because we talked a lot this year about Tatum taking a step back. Brown certainly did. Smart had yep. probably his worst d- defensive season ever. And I think you can put all of that on them becoming like the three biggest offensive threats on the team. Um, no yeah. one else could really score or handle that load. So they had to sacrifice a little bit on defense to, you know, score more as a team. Well, Marcus shouldn't be. Shouldn't be sacrificed. Well, I know, but it's it's a result of where they are as a team. Like so many guys have had to move up the depth chart, and so few stepped up lower on the depth chart that you know they're gonna have to get some veteran defenders in here. And that's why I like the idea of a John Wall. He can defend Patrick like Beverly that, in that Clippers scenario. He he's a great defender. And then uh, you can probably bring in some veteran free agent guys who are just defensive specialist who can handle the other team's best players so Jason Tatum isn't scoring all the points and defending the best guy on the other end like you see a lot of great teams in the league they have their offensive guys and they have their defensive guys and that's how the Celtics were when they were at their best a couple years ago like Morris could defend LeBron Jay Crowder could defend LeBron while Isaiah and Kyrie and those other guys were scoring Uh, that's kind of how they dealt it out it is pretty funny to hear, you know, players nowadays being heralded as two-way players more and more because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, so they play both sides of the ball as opposed to <laughs> most of the league that doesn't. And at one yeah, point, yeah, there's a lot more. Th- there's a lot more threats than ever, though. Especially everyone can shoot now. Yeah. Everyone can handle a little bit. Like in the '90s, you had two great scorers on a team, and then a bunch of guys who were just like bodying each other, and it like you didn't have yeah. to defend all five yep. positions. Uh, that's why I don't like a Porzingis today, those kind of guys. And that's why it's tough to have like a Kemba on the floor. You can't hide defenders anymore. No, but at least Porzingis does give you some height as opposed yeah. to Kemba not really offering that on that end. That one's going to be interesting because that, out of all the deals we listed today, the one that gets done today, if you offered it, is Kemba for Porzingis. Like that is done. I'd, I'd take it. go that way. I'd take that deal. It's the smoothest. No picks exchange. No. Yeah. Uh, Before, was it last year, early January? I think Porzingis was actually playing well and actually pr- protecting the rim. I, I think mm-hmm. if he has a, he's going to have a full offseason to actually train, get better and stuff like that and, and develop. Um, so I think he's going to come, come back a different player, especially with all the hate and stuff and the critics and stuff, all the with his performance and things like that. I think that's really going to motivate him. I think he's going to come back a different player next year. Yeah, he was so hurt. And, you know, it's funny. Porzingis and Kemba actually played the same amount of games this year, 43. So yeah. it was it's a legit trade-off for how stable and available both of them were. 
Um, but yeah, Soapy, we got a couple more guys here. Thanks for jumping on. Always Thanks, enjoy bro. hearing from you. And yeah. uh, we'll, Later, guys. See, we'll see who else is on the line here. There's not many left. I don't think we'll go too much longer. We'll take a couple more people if some other yeah. people want to jump on the line here. Uh, we'll see what you got. Our guy Isaiah from Jersey, long-time caller on this post-game show, probably since like 2017. What is up, Isaiah? What up? Oh, no. Ah. Oh, Isaiah, no. Isaiah, you there? It's only 11 gave, o'clock. We shouldn't have I just gave him people. a. I just gave him a premature gem, too. I just premature gemmed him, dude. I wish I could take that back, but... Let's see. We've all been there. we got a couple other people I've never uh, <laughs> never talked to here, at least as far as I know. Jimmy Boston. Welcome okay. to the show. Jimmy Boston. He's snoozing, too? I think I am going to make the same mistake. I ain't gemming him yet. All right. He gone. He's gone. Try again next time. All right, let's see what else we got here. Not too many people on. I'm striking out here, Bob. We gonna let Nick speak? Nick's requesting. Oh, Jimmy! <laughs> Jimmy just requested again. Jimmy, what do you got? You here? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Oh, hey, here he welcome, is. Jimmy. First time, right? I don't think uh, I talked to you on here. Nah, my man. I'm. I'm. It's been probably a year or so since I called it. Jimmy from Atlanta. I used to call back in the day. Okay. Oh, welcome another back. throwback. What's up, my man, Bobby? I love the old post game show callers coming yeah. on here. Like this is this is why I love doing the show. It's that old feel with the callers and everything. Yes, sir. I was actually looking for. I, I wanted to hear my man Isaiah. We we used to call back in the days. So uh, hey, Isaiah, uh, hey. if if, if yeah. Isaiah is listening, jump on the line. We got to jump on Isaiah. Jump on my man. Well, well, good deal, man. It's been a, it's been a minute since I've, I've talked to you, man. Um, it's pretty cool you guys doing this thing on Clubhouse. I like the way you transitioned over here. This is this is locker room. This is this Lock, Oh, I'm sorry. Locker locker room. Room. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Sponsor <laughs> obligations. My fault. I don't. I don't want to mess up your. I don't want to mess up your money over there. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be our last show. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, hey, man. Let me jump in real quick. I mean, I, you know, this has been an interesting year, man. I'm I'm actually not surprised about what's what's happened this year, man, because this team. The way and, and it's, it's certainly a lot of it's on Ainge, but um, this the team that's been the way it's been developed. Two things: um, one, just the the roster's just been just depleted. We let a lot of guys walk out the door for 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 nothing, you know. Uh, and we know who those people are. Um, and you know, to be able to bring in a guy like Jabari Parker and immediately that dude's coming off the bench, you know, a seventh man. That that just says everything. Um, as far as these trades we're talking about, are we not tired of injuries, man? I mean, as Celtic fans, we got to be tired of these injuries, whether we're talking about Kimba, whether we're talking about Haywood, Rob Williams, all these damn injury-prone injury players. And then everybody I hear y'all talking about tonight, as far as trading for, are the same same kind of cats. Porzingis, Denwitty, mm-hmm. Love, Wall, go down the line. Every one of these dudes are nothing but injury prone players. I say we stay away from all of that period. Um, you know, there's a couple of options, you know, that I did like as far as people talked about, you know, maybe, maybe it is time to take a little bit of step back. You trade Kimba, but you trade him for, for, for a few lesser guys. I mean, again, I, I don't know what that is. You trade him for a few lesser guys, but it, it, to me, it's, it's some veteran players who come in here, bring a, bring a different m- mentality Cats who know how to come out and play ball, play some defense. 
um, I don't know, some bootleg Jay Crowders or something like that. Not not Jay Crowder, but bootleg guys like that, man, who come in here who can hit some shots and 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 play defense on the best player on the other team. Because again, someone just said what I've been saying for for a minute. This is the first year you got Brown and Tatum as your one and two. And then those dudes that you got, you you asking them to do everything. You asking them to be your number one scorers, your number one defenders. I mean, and then what you got coming off the bench is just it's just not getting it. So that's that's why this is what has happened to this team. And and until we increase the depth, increase the size of this team, this team is small as hell. Um, until we fix those two things, those couple of things, we, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have those problems. So my my suggestion is either, like I said, do that full rebuild, um, like Bobby was talking about earlier, or or you know, you trade Kemba and, and get some mid mid range mid mid level guys in there um, to to strengthen that that bench. Yeah, I'd be throwing out a lot of these young guys on the bench this year. I'm fine with Gone. giving Langford another chance. I'm fine with – I mean, mm-hmm. Smith turned up late. Pritchard was great. So those That's guys it. are all worth developing. That's it. But That's it. Grant, you're out well, the door. Maybe – well, Carson Grant, Edwards. The rest of them are gone, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. You need older guys. This team's got to become older. Yep. Give some guys some second chances who have been around a little bit and then try to get some reliable vets who uh, who want to come here. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. When when was the last championship team that won? You know, a team that won a championship that was led by a twenty four and twenty three year old in the NBA? Probably never. So why do we expect that was going to happen here? You know why? Because you you had veterans around. You you were supposed to at least. Well, Kemba's Kemba's one. Over the yeah, years, no, no, I mean, no, you, you've had Horford, you've had Kyrie, you've had Hayward, you've had right. Kemba, and and you that's when they actually, easy. But they had a chance then. But I'm talking about this year. Yeah. This no. year, yeah. I mean, listen, going into this year, I wasn't, I wasn't. If you if you watch the videos prior to the season, I wasn't high on this team. I I had them as a four or five. They yeah. did underperform what I thought, but I didn't think they were a championship team this year either. And they're right. still not. I mean, there's really no way they can be next year. So it does make sense to take that little step back and figure out where they're going. Little step um, back. Like you said, Bobby, um, you know, Bobby's my dude. I always I, mo- 90% of the time I agree with my man, Bobby. But, you know, take a little step back. Let, let, let you know, form the team around Brown and Tatum. Let these dudes become 25 and 26 and, and or 24 and 25, whatever. You know, a year or two down the road, you got a team that's gelling and playing around what their their skill sets are, and then let's see what we can do from there. Jimmy, stay well down there in Atlanta. The Hawks are heating up, and the the Celtics yeah. they got to figure out how to get back on that level. It's crazy to me that the Hawks have passed them at this point. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It definitely, it's crazy. <laughs> definitely. All right. Hey, Jimmy. good to hear from you, man. Keep yeah, uh, keep coming back. Come hang out with us again. Indeed. Take care. Peace. Yeah, I remember him. Hopefully we can get Isaiah up in here, too. I mean, we had, like, probably 10 to 15 people back on the old show, Jimmy, who were calling, like, every night. And so yeah. getting them back in here. Because I was, I was bummed when we were going to that video format because the chat, you know, the chat's great, but you're not hearing from the people. So I'm glad we have this right. platform to hear from them again. Um, that is about it as far as I, as I can see on the speaker list. We've been Did going Nick about two say hours hi? now. Oh, yeah, we can let Nick in. Nick, 
keep it brief. Nick. It's 1130. I'm tired. Jimmy's Nick, tired. We, Nick, oh, you well. have one minute to say <laughs> hi to people. We'll have Nick hop in here. Nick, what's up? I love this. Thanks for all that permission. Real nice. I don't even know. I didn't even know that I was still requested. Hey, if so, John was here, you would you're always requested, dude. You're always dude, requested. Remember, thank Jimmy. Thank you. Remember yeah. one thing: I do have the master admin for this app, so That's I true. can get on there if I want to hijack it. But I don't <laughs> want. <laughs> the fact is, thank you for this. Is great tonight. I was like shocked you were still going, but uh. Both of you guys, I, I agree with you both tonight. And I don't know, Sherrod, I think, is he sleeping? I haven't heard Sherrod in a while. Sherrod has just been soaking it all in, Sherrod is just so, letting, letting the kids play in the, in the yard, there have some fun, <laughs> making sure they don't go off the rails. Yeah, he's watching, man, there's uh, one adult Clippers in the room, nuggets. thank God. One adult I mean, Clippers, in the room. Clippers jazz, sorry. One adult in the room. But listen, the, the thing is, uh, Jimmy, man, where'd you get so sentimental? About the whole connection to the past? You'd kill me for saying this. No, because it's true now. You roll your eyes and laugh at me. Oh, it's true now. Fact is, you're so right, man. It's really upsetting. It's like Red is rolling. And I told Max just the other day, Red is rolling in his grave. Max is like the patriarch now. There's well, nobody the left. Thing. You know, it's going to be so Sherrod, you got to go on mute. If it's uh, if it's Chauncey Billups, I know he was here for like sixty like games. I like but he's he's kind of the only connection you can think of to the '90s. Like who else from the '90s would be coming back? I mean, Bol put uh put Rick Pitino on there as a joke. I didn't even find that funny. I, I actually, awesome. I love obviously love Bol, but that one hurt. That stung. You know, I I'd say like Pitino. I mean, there's. The 90s wasn't really a great period of time to be a Celtics no, fan. Like and the early 90s were okay. Everything great that happened before that, those guys are kind of passing on. Tommy, Casey, yes. all those guys. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and it becomes gives less and less validity and credibility, I think, by younger people today, right? Yeah. I mean, no one's going to show up for Satch Sanders. You know what I'm saying? But, like, he's still going, too. But And it would be nice if they brought him around a little bit. But the point, I guess, at the end of the day is, and when I think about it from the Lakers' standpoint, their their alumni has gotten so good, like ours were in the 90s and the 80s, because they were younger. And right now, the legends in L.A. are showtime, and they participate very closely with the franchise and still really are engaged with one another, where in Boston, they're not. None of those guys really communicate that much. So there's not like this closeness from the 80s uh, legends, right? And I think so there's nothing. Ainge was that only bridge. For me, it's it's devastating. This whole situation is devastating. And I know I pitched out Stevens from game two, but I never said I really wanted him fired. And, and even if I would have liked to better see him fired than forced to be promoted and Danny get fired. I mean, I just, it's a terrible look. I think all of it's a mess, and it's a PR. It's a fucking PR nightmare. Uh, to my, in my opinion, like no emergency can like planning at all for anything well, well, like this. Like it was handled so poorly. What's most concerning about this to me, Nick, and all that stuff's valid, but the biggest thing I think of is just the money. Are they going to spend in years to come? Oh, and you know, it's a great point because you can't win a title without spending. 
Uh, you nope. can't. And they know this. They did it already. This ownership group has done it. And I'm going to tell you something. Like, everybody's saying about Wick being broke. Like, listen, that's neither here nor there. What? How much? Do, there's so many owners <laughs> of that franchise that well, they're collectively broke. Wick. Huh? They're collectively broke for ownership ownership uh, standards. Is that what it is? Like, I can't figure it out. I, I can't figure out why. I mean, they might be, around. but the Celtics are extremely valuable at this point. I mean, they bought They've it. They've increased. Well, he should yes. sell. Yeah. And Wick should sell. If you can't afford to pay for a real GM and a real coach, he should sell the team. But, right. But I don't understand it because it's not consistent with anything else they've done since they bought the team. That's why it's so well, let's say, in my I head. mean, they say they're going to oh, spend. Is, the thing, that, the is that, that the issue? What did you say, Sherrod? What did you say, Sherrod? No, the, 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 here's the thing. I, I don't think that it's so much them not willing. Hey, they're not willing to pay for mediocre talent when you have to pay top shelf prices for that. I mean, when they've had a, the kind of talent that could compete for a title, they have not hesitated to cut that check. But That's if right. you're talking about you know, trading away a Kimball Walker and adding like a Porzingis and picking up a couple of guys on vet minimums contracts and and then, you know, maybe bringing back some of the young guys. You're what? Third, fourth, fifth best team in the East? Am I going to go deep into the luxury tax for maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the East? It's okay. bad business. It's just, it's just throwing, it's just throwing good money, bad money after bad money uh, when you start doing that kind of stuff. You're right. Hope, but, but to your point though, the way that they have, you know, Danny stepping aside and Brad being elevated, it just feels really bad. It feels icky. Right. It doesn't feel like a natural progression for an organization like this. Particularly when you look at, you know, the Toronto Raptors GM, for example, who's going to be a free agent this summer. He's done a pretty exactly. damn good damn job. Messiah. And yet, you know, you're not even going to entertain the thought of making a run at him. Sure, do you think if they had a chance to get him, do you think they would have done this move, though? Why uh, would they have a chance to get him? Why wouldn't they? It's the Celtics, Boston Celtics organization. I mean, that see, used to mean Jimmy, something. Jimmy, I, Jimmy I, I think that you're putting more stock into that than those who are outside of this 617 region. Uh, the Celtics. Wait, say that again. Get, say that again. I need to. Because I'm outside. I mean, I'm saying really, I'm overrating the Celtics organization. You are. Oh, I don't think so. Because here's this is, listen. This is what you got to remember, though. The Celtics have won one NBA title in the last thirty-five I agree with years. That, yes. And when you have been that type of organization, and you look at the fan base, and you look at the people that you're talking about bringing into the fold, that's what they know. They know that this this franchise has one chip in 35 years. And you start looking around the NBA, there's half a dozen teams that have four chips in that period of time. So the status and the the allure and the the historical significance of the Celtics, while important, it doesn't have that same shiny, good vibe feel for most people outside of the area. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just but, it, but you can't argue. You can't argue the value is increased it's, so yeah, much. You though. can't argue that it's not a good, a good organization to be the GM of, despite whether you've won one or not recently. Like the the team, the organization, the brand, it's prestigious, like, the city. Like I feel like those are all. I mean, there's probably twenty five teams that you that are worse 
I feel like to. Oh, I would think Boston has to be in the top three value in the NBA. Has to be. Or I mean, the the Knicks and the Lakers are probably your top three. The Lakers are the the Celtics, Lakers, and Chicago. Yeah, and Chicago's up there, right? They'd be top five for sure. Yeah, yeah, so, so I mean, I mean that, but I that get what alone, you're saying too, Sherrod. The tradition and the the mystique has been gone for forty years. Let's face it, thirty the mystique years is gone. But what it's I'm saying gone. is, if you're a if you're a, a GM that would just let go or whatever reason, so of course you would jump at this sort of opportunity. Absolutely. The thing for me is like you look at they were. I think they were trying to get McDonough back, weren't they? I was hearing that. That was reported somewhere, but, and and he didn't want to come back. That was reported somewhere. I don't know where I read it, but I, I don't know. You're right. It feels so icky. It feels so unprepared for. It thrown together like a shotgun wedding. It was terrible. And then Wick looks like that diet. So I think the, everybody up there looked so uncomfortable with the entire situation. It just was not thought out. I mean, they could have had other members of the ownership group. I think that would have helped the optics a little bit. And bring on, bring in the room some important, you know, whoever's left. You got Bob Cousy for fuck's sake. No, 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 no. You don't need a white guy. Whatever you're saying. You don't need another white guy in the room. But what I'm saying is you do have some people left. You know, call up the point. It's not, you don't need to sit a bunch of people down there to say, hey, this is what we're doing. I mean, what they were doing was ridiculous. It's about doing, it's about making a better plan. They had a friggin' ceremony for Pacino. 90-year-old former players, that doesn't change what's I happening. Really, That's not my no, but point. but I think the support would have been really good. It's like, I would have been no. really excited. They should have paid Bill Russell 40 grand and brought him in. No. No. Well, I would have been really excited if they decided, all right, Ainge's retiring. We're going to pay big money to Masai Ujiri, who is a champion right. within the last two years, respected guy around the world, uh, you know, working on NBA Africa, all these things. We talk about all this representation stuff. Um you know, he would have been the perfect choice for the next GM for the next 10 to 20 years. And, you know, he could have been this next guy to shape what the self. Yeah, that's, it was right there. And, they, and you know what? That's why I, I have no idea what went to think behind it. Maybe someday we'll find out. But right now, I'm blaming. I, I'm just going to put the blame on the owner. Because at the end of the day, he's the too. one pulling all the strings. So. And he's That's making it, it clear he wants to. And he's ne- he's always been a, at least in my opinion, he's always been a kind of in your face guy, but not a totally obnoxious. But he like in that press conference, he just was like pissed off. I don't I don't know. It's just weird. I just got a weird feeling about Paul. You're, you're right, Shri. It was icky. That's exactly what it was. And I hope that they get it together quick. I, I hope that Dan. I hope that Brad is being given the permission to at least have a chance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I hope it's not Wick running it. And I don't know. It's all like just being a stupid fan take, you know. Nick, uh, before you go, thoughts on yeah, the going. Kemba, the news. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, the only thing weird about the whole Kemba thing to me is, and maybe you guys went over this and shot this down already. I, I didn't, wasn't listening too much earlier. I couldn't get to it. But I kind of was like, if you if the guy who was trading you got – kind of fired which is basically what happened with Danny if you think about it why are you still pissed off why not try and mend it and maybe yeah, he did. Said. oh you did and maybe what's the I'm actually agreeing with you Jimmy yeah. and what if he what if he uh, 
Exactly what Jimmy said. <laughs> well, no, it's it's like you know if, if that's the guy you're mad at. Well, what about the players? What about the you know what about everyone exactly. still involved in the organization that you know is still there? That's why I found it, I found it kind of in, I I I don't want to say I don't believe the report, but I I find it a little fishy that he would all of a sudden now now he has an issue after you know the GM that was behind trying to trade him allegedly uh, is no longer it's even not, the it doesn't make sense. if you're a Brad Stevens guy. If he's a Brad Stevens guy, then he shouldn't want to demand a trade. Or if, if he's really believes in like Tatum and Brown and what's going on in the organization, then he wouldn't want to leave there because There's it's not dirt, like he's demand. Yeah. He's not demanding a trade to a contender. He's just right. allegedly demanding a trade. I mean, really, he wants it's to go to Oklahoma City. He wants to go to Oklahoma yeah, City. Yeah, ask Al how that went. They paid him to go home. Right. So I mean, lose. so be careful what careful what you wish for. I guess if that's the case. Yeah, I don't Anyways. Want, yeah, I don't want to keep you guys any longer. I mean, I didn't even know you were putting me on, but I do appreciate it. And great show. And uh, I don't know. I guess keep the faith, man. Just like everything else right now, who the hell knows what's going on, right? So just it's only sports. And uh, yep. have a good well, night, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Nick. And uh, I guess, Bobby, if you want to wrap things up, we can go ahead and do that. But I guess we're – we're planning on doing these roughly once a week. Obviously, if some sort of breaking news happens, we'll jump on for an emergency one. But we definitely want to do these once a week. We're going to do the YouTube to start like we always do and then head on over to here after. Um, so thanks, everyone, for, for hanging out with us tonight and checking in. If you didn't get on, uh, come back next time. We, we always want to try to get you know different people on, new people on. So um, appreciate the conversation. You, Sherrod or Bobby, you guys have anything? Nope. I mean, make sure you uh, check out our Kemba stuff from the YouTube show. Make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify here. You've got the Celtics postgame feed on Spotify now if you want to listen back to the Soccer Room chat. And uh, the Garn Report stream on Spotify will be where you get our YouTube edition. And then uh, we'll be back about every week, like you said. Uh, I have a column as well with all my Kemba trades and more. Some you didn't hear about tonight i had about 11 kemba trades and you're going to be able to read them in the morning so oh, make wow. sure to check that out it's <laughs> come on Sherrod. you're a sick yeah. man bobby damn right. bobby <laughs> good night everybody good night see ya